This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Dylan, but it's really for his sister's 40th birthday, Amber. So happy birthday, Amber. Jeremy, brother, Ali, Shining Donut 911, Nathan, Jennifer with a PH, Joey, Mr. Rage Bomb, Sneaky Snake, Wes, Dreskel, Kaylee, Aaron, Danielle, the number Jeff, Amy, Tia, Matthew, Dave, Jonathan, Scott, Kate, Isaac, Karoon, and Nick B. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're all a valued member of this awesome Horror Virgin community. And if you want to hang out with all of us and eat people... Do so in the Facebook group and Discord server where we eat people daily. (laughs) So I learned something watching this movie. So if as a woman, you find the man of your dreams and you hook up with him in the first 30 minutes of the movie, that's a horror movie. But if you wait till the end of the movie, that's a rom-com. Yes. That's not always true. No, it no, is. No, I'd say that's true. It is, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would agree with you. I, I think that's accurate. But, Mikey, you should feel very, like, inspired by this movie, and not because of the cannibalism stuff, but because that dude found a woman who was on board for that shit. There's someone out there for everybody. I don't think she's on board. I think she's a victim. I, I think, think she's she a victim, been, too. Yeah, I think she's been kept in prison, and he took her leg. Like, we'll play my favorite game I, I play when I go on a date. Got your, got leg. your leg. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, Paige, was it you who made us watch? I mean, We've collectively, was, we collectively chosen all chose of the movies. This film. Paige and I are united front right now. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'll correct it. I'll fix it. If y'all slip in a dumb 80s movie every <laughs> six weeks, I am on board this podcast. I'll fix it, Mikey. Yes. I'll fix it. And this week, Paige made us watch Fresh. Fresh. <laughs> Mikey, you're so mad right now. I'm so sorry. You, you said you were going to fix it. <laughs> I have just been wanting to talk about this movie and nothing else for weeks. So let's get Get started. ASMR for the freaks. I now know why you guys have been talking about eating people for like a month. <laughs> oh, yes, it's more yes. than that. It truly started with Blood Diner. Let's be honest. And if any movie inspired fresh, it has to have been Blood Diner. I, I mean, mean, if its fingerprints are all over this movie. Fresh's Oscar <laughs> version Blood Diner. Hail <laughs> Sheetar. You're not wrong. My head canon is that this is the story of the uncle. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It does sort okay. of have the vibe of like it taking place in the 70s, although I'm sure it's not set in the 70s because he it's, drives a Tesla. They got smartphones. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know, I know. But I like the, the aesthetics of the house that they're yes. in is very 70s. Which I love. Me too. I thought it was awesome. Hers and his. Yeah. And hers is like low rent mid-century that she thrifted and his is very clearly curated yeah. new mid-century yeah fucking love it yeah i was here love for it. everything about the visuals of this movie this is gonna sound terrible but like when they were walking down into what is very much like the prison of women i was like yes. oh that stairway and that open stone gorgeous is so gorgeous flagstone? i love it yes. this is an amazing house it's too bad it's a hell prison yeah it looks like a <laughs> bond villain's lair <laughs> It should be like Blofeld or Dr. Evil living in that house, but I'm here for it. Absolutely. So this is the first time I saw the movie. You guys have told me you've seen it before. So what were your initial thoughts watching Fresh? Um, I had heard some rumors about it, but I I wanted to kind of go in blind. And so I just I had like an open day where I had like a half day off work and I was like, you know what? 
I'm just going to put it on. Like, I'm going to sit here and watch it. And I asked Jake, I was like, do you want to watch this with me? And he's like, no, I'm good. And I turned it on. And within minutes, Jake had joined me and watched (laughs) the whole thing. Like, we couldn't pull our eyes away from it. I think I expected a much more straightforward horror. And instead, what I got was a much more visually curated, thoughtful film And I loved it. And by the way, on a second viewing, so many Easter eggs. Oh, my God. It's like they tell you from minute one what's going to happen in this movie if you know where to look. It's amazing. I love it so much. When Sebastian Stan goes back to her place the first night when they actually have sex for the first time after that date. And she's like, can I get you something to eat or drink? And he goes, just you. I was like, she says, oh my God. She says, can I get you something to drink or something to eat? Yeah. And then he says, just yeah. you. I, yeah. Like I caught that the second time <laughs> uh, in the grocery store when he's talking to her, she's standing underneath a sign that says fresh meat. Yeah. That's it was it's great. all over. It's so good on a second view. It was great. Yes. Mikey, what did you think first time watching it? Oh, well, I mean, I had plenty of texts from friends who were like, you've got to do this movie for the show or whatever. And I, and I don't get that a lot from like people I know. And I was, and I saw commercials and then Paige and I have been talking about it and I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down on one of these, one of these free nights where I want to relax and watch it. And I think it's very good. I'm like, Paige, I really loved it. It's wild to me that this is a movie you would watch to like relax. Like this is not, not a relaxing movie for me to watch. This instantly became a favorite movie for me where I was like, oh, I, I could watch this anytime. Oh, wow. I fucking love this movie. Yeah. Oh, it's a problem. Anyway. Go ahead. I mean, I don't I mean, I, I, that says a lot about my day job in life, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it really speaks to how you guys feel about eating people. I'm morally <laughs> against it. And you guys are like, so for it, you were writing down his recipes when he was like cooking for her three fourths of the way through this movie. If I can't door dash my cannibalism it's not gonna happen <laughs> you want cannibalism but you need it to be lazy come on i was just thinking yeah. how rich this guy was to have two properties yeah <laughs> you need like the rachel ray 30 minute meals version of cannibalism the visual style is so interesting yes and the the whole the, from the way the movie is written to directed to acted i think they've made some really stylistic interesting choices and they all kind of hit on all cylinders yeah, which yeah. i think is super refreshing where it it feels really good. I mean, and like if you take the, the style, it's kind of like a low budget yeah. kind of single location horror film, but it does not feel like that. It, it feels very good the whole time, but like very, like almost very pretty. Like the, the, the soundtrack. It's a beautiful film. Yeah, it's just really, really pretty. And, and I know that's a weird thing to say about a film where people eat people, but it's a beautiful and, film. And I, I love what it says about <laughs> modern dating. <laughs> yes, no. Um, yes. I really connected yeah. with yes. the film about like... <laughs> yeah, I was watching this and I was like, like, oh man, I'm just so glad I don't have to like deal with this anymore. Like yeah. being out there dating and stuff was a nightmare. And then he started eating people. Like even before that, <laughs> I hated it. So like, I understand what you mean, Paige, when you say that this is a beautiful movie. Like I loved this movie for many reasons, but I'll never watch it again because it was disturbing. I, I wouldn't say it was super scary. It's not a one on the scary scale, but it won't be super high because there aren't like jump scares. Did you gag at all? I did gag at all, but probably not where you'd expect. I've heard that before. Yeah. And Mikey, you know that's because you've seen my friend Chris do this to me, or our friend Chris, I should say. But like when someone makes that retching sound when they're throwing up, it makes me do it. Oh, yeah. When and she, she was throwing throw up, up in the toilet, yeah. it, I I did sort of gag along with her. Oh, you are such an idiot. <laughs> Thank you for being supportive in my vulnerable moment there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I I didn't 
gag when they were eating people because I, I can logically I know they're not really eating people. But no, like, it's it's mostly pork and a few in a few places it's beef. Oh, did you have like fun facts for it? Of course, she's got fun facts. Yeah, yeah. well, I can also this is gonna sound terrible. I can also visually identify types of meat on uh like raw meat. Uh, so yeah, she can. You hear that, fellas? Uh, uh, <laughs> so I can visually tell what cuts were what for a lot of this movie. I don't think since Patrick Bateman has there been this good oh. of a, like a psychopath on the screen. Dude, he's so good in it. I mean, the level of quality of both the camera work and the performances yeah. and the editing of this movie made me legitimately sad it did not get a theater release. Because yeah. imagine seeing this in a theater. I mean, I think it's as close to as American Psycho, like a, fought, like a real true sequel or like that kind of style of serial killer. I feel like that has to be its closest comparison. Because mm-hmm. like, but at the same time, I think the difference and I think what makes it really effective in this movie, in American Psycho, Patrick Bateman is repugnant. Like he is very visually attractive, but he's su- he, like from the jump, you hate him. Yeah. Like he's hard to to deal mm-hmm. with, hard to swallow. And the difference in this movie is you don't. And you grapple, or at least I do, for the bulk of the movie with not hating him and knowing that you should. Everything in your body wants you to hate him. You know he's evil. You know he's bad. But he's so damn charming that you're just hey, like, what fuck is it. wrong with you? Fuck what? Yeah, well, Mikey, hang on. What we just I am not learned. the only person who has said this, by the way. This, this is in reviews. This is why I am single right yeah, here. I know. Yeah, because you don't look like Sebastian Stan, so on your list. Right, of cons right. cannot be cannibal like and yeah. still get a date what we just learned is that for page and she did say other people that if oh in the con column it God. says cannibal slash murderer that's still a maybe on will i date that person here's the thing i also no i also cheer at the end i you are rooting for her to win and for her to kill him like you want it to happen yeah But because we spent the first half hour with him being the fucking ideal date, it takes a bit for you to snap yourself back out of it. No, it doesn't. It takes the when he drugs her and ties her to well, a bed. No, here's the thing. He he drugs her and you're like, oh shit, he's fucking evil, but you don't know how evil he is. And then he's dancing around with meats. And so you don't, like Patrick Bateman at a certain point, it makes it very difficult for me to even watch the movie. It's hard to sit through. Page point of order. I just want to clarify something. Sure. I do find Christian Bale attractive, if that's what you were going to ask. Honestly, I've loved Christian Bale since Newsies. I get it. But my question is, you're on a date. Someone drugs you. What is an acceptable next step when you wake up? That that's like, uh, oh, maybe uh, we'll uh, do a second date. No. Keep the- in mind he looks like Sebastian Stan. Where do I meet women like Paige and her friends where I only need to be charming for 30 minutes? I'm not saying it's okay. I'm saying as a viewer, it is a very disconcerting experience I, yeah, to, I to make that shift so fast. I, it may have been easier for me because I'm not attracted not to him. Attracted to him. Yeah, I, guess. I think that's probably what it is, Mikey, because I'm not like sexually attracted to him. I realize Sebastian Stan is super hot. I get it. But this to me is a better version 
version, this is a weird poll, so forgive me. But in Twilight, sure. when he's like, "This is the skin of a killer, Bella," and he's like, <laughs> he's like talking about how like everything about vampires I kill attracts people. people to them, and then he's just like this sort of sad Magoo person you wouldn't really want to hang out with. Like, I feel mm. like Sebastian Stan in this is a better manifestation of that. Like, just a super charismatic, super successful guy who like there's a magnetism to him, right? Yes. So I feel like that's a better representation of it than just like some aloof Magoo dude who like is sad a lot and has diamond skin. Well, and I think uh, it it forms part of his like business in the movie. Oh, yeah. Where the movie needs you to understand how he manages to pull this off. And that is how he's pulling it off is because he is the skin of a killer. Uh, But like, (laughs) but I I think at a certain point, and maybe this is just me, you're watching it, he drugs her, the credits hit, which by the way, the second the credits hit at 33 minutes into this fucking movie, Jake and I were like high-fiving and applauding. We were like, this movie fucking slaps. Like, yes. Hey, Paige, can I stop you right there for one second? Yes. I hated that, and I'll tell you why. I know you did. If it just said fresh behind him and then cut to the next scene i'd be like that's cool as shit if it didn't do like the full-on ass credits like i'd be on board for it they weren't that long a they're not that long b they're her visual of the path she takes through the house so on a second viewing it is her coming in and out of consciousness and that's what you're seeing over the credits i wish i'd put that together because i wouldn't have hated it as much yes so yeah okay i'm on board for it now but yeah. I, and i'm never gonna watch this movie again so i'm not gonna enjoy it but like i get that i like it I, i'm gonna throw something out there i thought this was like a cool metaphor for like serial abusers and like yeah. what it yes. takes to leave a relationship like that Absolutely. of like how they get their claws in you how you're trapped how they need you to love them to like justify their evil decisions too and like it takes a good friend to get out of that well and at a certain point he is depending on her for emotional support as well which is yeah there it's the movie is very layered i love it so much but i think the point i was trying to make was like at that point it takes you out of the movie a little bit because you're no longer i at least at that point i wasn't scared of him as a character as much as i was like sebastian stan is fucking killing this shit like he's (laughs) amazing i wasn't scared at any part of the movie i just was like man this guy i I was never scared of american psycho either but i was just like this guy's a psychopath like a ted bundy-esque psychopath yeah well and you it rides this fine line of I feel like from that point on through the rest of the movie my brain is at war with holy shit he's doing amazing like from an acting standpoint but also I can't wait till she fucking murders this dude like you are rooting for him to just get wrecked at the end of the movie and it's I find the end of the movie extremely gratifying me too I think it's so great It's a good for her ending where yeah, it's like absolutely the catharsis that a lot of people feel for for Midsummer, which I'm a little conflicted by this. I feel no confliction. <laughs> I'm oh, like, no, I this don't is feel full yeah. catharsis. I love this so much. Unlike Midsummer, yeah. she is leaving an abusive situation and not going right immediately into another abusive situation into a cult. like in yeah. Midsummer. But I feel like this movie is damn near perfect, especially with its ending, because the people who made yeah. this movie and wrote the movie and directed the movie like they understand the point they were trying to make yep unlike with a similar movie ready or not where they literally shit the bed three minutes like before the i credits. disagree with you on the edit I mean, on the ending fine, and we can't like, we can't get into it 
We can't. But the girl in Ready or Not is going to be in jail for the rest of her life because she murdered all those people in the eyes of the cops that are showing up to arrest her. But like, Very possibly, but like, yes. But in this movie, there's no way her, her friend, and Penny, who I assume is going to be a lifelong friend after this, yes. like they're going to make it out, you know? Unless that one guy that they never killed comes and kills everybody. Now, that that's the one thing that's missing for me in the ending is that's a loose end that we don't tie I up. I did not catch that the first viewing. And then today I'm like, oh, you didn't? No. I caught it the first time and was like, Oh no. Second viewing, I think as soon as Anne is out of the picture, I think he runs. I think he's just like, I'm out of here. There's nothing tying me here. There's no prince. You think he's staff? Yes. Like he's not a part of the community, quote unquote. He's like, I don't, I think he's staff. And I think that perhaps, because we don't find out too much about the business, I think Steve is like an independent contractor. Okay. And there's a greater organization we don't know about. Yeah, sure. That's fair. And so I think he's just like, this location's dead. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Shut it down. We're moving on. Um, I really do love Daisy Edgar Jones, the girl who played. Yeah, she was great. Noah in this. in this. The first thing I ever saw her in was normal people. And Mike and I, you and mm-hmm. I have talked about this before, too. But Natalie and I have watched that like twice. She is so good in that. And it was wild seeing her with an American accent because yeah, she's you, very it's really Irish. good. You can't no, tell. Yeah, yeah. Natalie was like, I can sort of hear it but she's doing a great job you know and I think yeah, it's just because she's, she's watched job. normal people way more than me <laughs> so there were like certain words she says similarly that show fucked me up me that too, show fucked man. me up worse than this movie fuck man normal people is like an in-depth look at intimacy in a very like revealing and heartbreaking way I loved it it was great I feel like she hides the Irish accent well in a coastal hipster affect a little bit. Yeah, I think she did fine. I I, I yeah. would not have known. Like, if this is the first thing I saw her in, I'd be like, oh, I bet she came up through Second City or some shit like that. Like, I would so, have no yeah, idea, exactly. you know? But to bring right. it back to, like, the abuse point that Mikey was making and how, like, those bonds form and, like, it's hard yeah. to break away and stuff. And, like, I understand, like, when you're dating, like, and you find someone who eats ass, you just, like, hold on to them as long as you can. No, wow. Todd, no. <laughs> Bad take. Oh, it's a t- Terrible take. I just did it for the joke. I think you guys mean bad takeout. <laughs> no, it was definitely cooked in house. Mm. <laughs> I had to. I'm so sorry, listeners. And I'm not cutting it. <laughs> Literally on seeing this movie for the first time was just like, this is better than everything I've ever seen stream. This should have gone theatrical. And I loved it. It made me miss a time because I used to watch a lot of movies when they like new movies when they come out. I had I went, yeah. back in my life when I had free time and like like looked for films I'd never seen before and try to discover things and I would discover some gems every now and then and it made me it made it makes me miss that. It makes me want to like, explore and rent new movies and stuff because Fresh really just had for me. I know it was released on Hulu, but like really word of mouth is what led me to it. It was actually released on Disney Plus and we'll talk about it in fun facts. Really? What? Yeah, it was originally released on Disney Plus and then they contracted it out to Hulu. So wait, and we'll talk about it in fun fact. Is Noah a Disney princess? I mean, no, this is Disney Plus's first R rated in the US. Okay. And 18 plus rated in Australia. It's it's one of the highest like rating levels Disney has ever made under the Disney name and not under like Touchstone or whatever. Right. Yeah, they because yeah. they own a lot of production companies that they do their heavier, darker s- stuff under. Yeah. Yes, but this was under the Disney name and 
they very quickly switched it to Hulu as far as distribution goes. And I think a part of it is because of something that I found in Fun Facts. Oh, yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Awesome. All right. Well, <laughs> maybe we should just get into the movie because there's going to be a lot to talk about, obviously. Yes. So this movie opens on a horrible first date. They're at a Chinese restaurant. His He's wearing a weird neck scarf. It's in the food. He's making weird misogynist comments about how she'd look prettier in a dress and women just don't dress up anymore. He does this thing where he's like, she pays her half, but he takes her leftovers. Like, it's all bad. It reminded me so well of my life. Oh, I've been on this date before. This scene made me so happy because it's shit like this, because I know that this kind of shit happens. Oh, yeah. But it's stuff like like this that like makes it so easy for me to appear charming on a date because all I have to do is not be fucking terrible. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like no, that's that's how I feel. I know it's dudes like this who rock an infinity scarf and short sleeve shirts like that are just like <laughs> terrible. And all you have to do is like ask questions and like actually listen and respond like you've been listening. Like the bar for like being a good date is so low because of dudes like this. Yeah. And I appreciate it. I was going to say, like, I am sorry that women have to go through that, but Ugh. it makes it very easy for guys who are not like shitbags, which I would qualify Mikey and I as not shitbags. But I really connected to the scene of like swiping on my dating app, waiting for my date to show up with like half hoping this goes well. I mean, I can say <laughs> with complete honesty that with the exception of being held prisoner to harvest my meat, every other dating thing that happens to her in this movie has happened to me. I'm not at all surprised by that. I mean, and I'm not saying that like I I mean, I've been dating Natalie for almost four years now. But like before that, I went on dates that were also terrible, but yeah. for different reasons. Like I think they do a good job of showing what it's like to date as a woman who's like a good woman, like not like a vapid sort of horrible person. But I've been on a date where someone was just on their phone the whole time and like not really paying attention to what we were talking about and stuff. And like so there's like a female version of this guy as well. But it's I don't know. It's different. It's not the same. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I think this movie does a good job job of demonstrating how what is not just a dating annoyance is actually dangerous as well because what happens after this movie is she says that she doesn't want to earn movie after this date she says she doesn't want to go on another date and instead of being like well thanks, oh I was yeah glad I met you Fuck. he goes full to cussing her out he calls her a stuck-up bitch and then he just leaves her there yeah to to get back to wherever she's going oh, she on her drove own. she drove she drove but she had to walk down that alley by yeah. herself no, walk her right. to her car yeah, like in the dark, she has to Wolverine her keys. There's someone that she thinks is following her. Turns out he has a baby. So thankfully, like she's OK. So when they show that that guy walking behind her, I understood why she was nervous. Like you couldn't see the baby yeah. in the like the chest Bjorn or whatever. It was just like a hulking yeah. figure walking behind her. And I think, OK, yeah. OK, I, I take personal <laughs> Mikey, I'm not. Although, Mikey, I do think that this is your ideal person because it is you with a baby, more or less. There you yeah. go. <laughs> if, if, if I didn't know you and you were walking too close to me in a dark alley... I'd be scared. I just have to be for my own safety. Yeah, oh, 100%. And honestly, that is something that is sad, but I completely understand that. I've been walking behind somebody and I'm like five, nine on a good day. So like the male equivalent of this date is not as dangerous. It's no. just a girl talking about the novel she's writing. <laughs> I'm running under my pen name, Jane Austen. Oh God. <laughs> I'm talking about a real date that I went on. Oh wait, Really? 100% oh everything we God. talked about went all the way back to 
well, I am writing a novel and I really want to become a writer. And I'm like, follow your dreams. That's great. Yes. But like, but like talk about other stuff yeah, too. That doesn't have to be your entire personality. And I'm like a good listener slash question asker. So I was like, you're a therapist. You know how to like, listen, like you've been taught that. Uh, honey, unless you pay for it, I don't <laughs> give it away for free. You'll call me honey, but you won't tell me you love me. You bastard. Mikey, let me ask this. Had this conversation before. <laughs> <laughs> so Mikey, all I'm picturing is like her always bringing up her novel and you always bringing up the podcast. So let me ask, how <laughs> often do you bring up the podcast on the first date? Like, do do you bring never. it up at all? Yeah, I was going to say. Fucking never. I wouldn't either. I absolutely would not. I, the only time I bring it up is when, if like, if we're getting along really well and like scheduling conflict, I'm like, I can't do that tomorrow night. And they're like, oh, what are you doing? And I'm like, recording a podcast? I'm, I'm, God, I hate that I have to say this aloud. I am recording a podcast tomorrow night. She's like, oh, you have a podcast? I have two. What's it about? Yeah. yeah. Then you sound like you have two. Yeah. And then like, you immediately sound like an insane person. Yeah. I mean, because- <laughs> try, try telling people that you have three and and also do stand <laughs> But you're married, Paige. Try dating and telling someone you do two podcasts. Oh, I just, it, it ruins parties. Like, it's, you Because you can just see in their face, they're like, oh, so it's like you and your buddies drinking beer, talking about like funny stuff that happened to you or whatever. And I'm like, hey guys, that- listen up. I found this apple medicine for COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about it on our other podcast. Ivermectin a day keeps the COVID away. <sighs> and because I like movies, so I like talk about movies and like, do you like rom-coms? I'm like, boy, do I. <laughs> <laughs> I dedicate hours every week to watching and talking about one every week. Oh my god! And then when, like, when you get really close, like with like my exes, like when they have to like watch the two, like they most people who like like me are like, oh, I'll watch. I'll, they'll at least watch the rom com with me every week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Natalie and I pretty much watch both of them together, unless she's busy with like a client or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My ex was super supportive and like watched both of them, and we had good times with that. But but I mean, it took her coming to the meetup to really that this wasn't like you know i think it took you coming to the meetup to realize that this wasn't you know yeah Yeah, i still feel weird about all that stuff you locked up so hard at the meetup because you were like it's just gonna be us and like the three people that used to come all the time and like i brought a date which was terrible that's a (laughs) terrible way to do a third date Yes. And it wasn't because she wasn't a good third date. It was because it's not a good time to be like, oh, I guess I'm sort of like people listen to this podcast that I do. Yeah. the whole I just don't talk about it. Yeah. I think that's probably for the best. Let them find out, you know, whenever yeah, they find out. And if you're out. writing a novel, like... Call me when you get your double day advance. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Not to bring it back to a point Paige was making earlier, but Paige, when you were saying like dating is uh, like a dangerous scenario for women, like, yes. Uh, and Mikey, you even brought this up too. But like when I was dating, the scariest thing that could happen is someone shows up. That's not the person like I got catfished. Right. Right. I, for a woman, it's like there's the catfishing thing involved too. Sure. But like, even if the person you were talking to shows up, there's still like a threat of violence, like not a threat, but like yeah. there's a chance that it could go in a weird, scary direction. And I don't think that at least most guys don't have to deal with that. So it's a yeah, very, um, it's a very yeah. different scenario. Well, and so much so that she's preparing for it. Like she does Wolverine her keys. Yeah. 
And then with the next shot we see her, she's at like a self-defense class. She's boxing with her best friend because that's what they do for fun because it's a necessary piece of their life. Like It's also great cardio. Yeah. But I really do like that they set her up as someone who isn't like super passive when it comes to her like defense. She does Wolverine right. her keys before any weird stuff happens. She does not before. I mean, the guy's behind her. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, she, this is like the very beginning of the movie before Sebastian Stan goes all druggy druggy. The script is making it clear that she does care about that so like at the end of the movie when she's kicking his ass you're like this a makes sense and is awesome like i yeah. i buy that she would a want to do this and also be able to do this right exactly yeah and they do have this kind of fun conversation about like how dating sucks and her friend basically is like you don't need anyone you're amazing on your own it's just Disney movies that have conditioned us to believe that you need someone. And then she says, yeah, fuck Ariel, which is extra funny because this is a Disney movie. <laughs> that is that's wild. Like, I would never yeah. have thought that, especially because it's not on Disney Plus right now. I watch it on Hulu, you know? I just want to be rich like Aladdin so I can get a, a wife. I mean, he's super rich and he used it to harvest meats. So I don't trust you with that kind of money. Mikey, I just want you to walk up to a woman in the grocery store and be like, do you trust me? Do you trust me? I have been looking for <laughs> cotton candy grapes since this movie, since I watched this film. I, I cannot okay. find them anywhere. Okay, Mikey. So I went out after I saw this movie and I was like, because I've tried cotton candy grapes before. I was like, I'm going to get some. And they were on sale at most of we'll the stores in, locally because the movie came out and they were just gone. I found one bag. I had to go to four different stores. Uh, they are delicious. And it was the same brand that he has in the movie was the bag that I ended up with, which I thought was pretty funny because there's like three or four companies that make them. I've never tried them i want to i'm mad i had never heard of them until this but i don't care for grapes then you might actually like them because they don't taste like grapes. i actually love like grape juice i'm a weird eater like oh. it's a texture thing for me i don't mind the okay. flavor of grapes it's just they feel like eyeballs in my mouth i realize that's weird but i'm a very texture-based eater and i can't i, mean, I am i, can't do I it. am too just grapes aren't one of the ones that bother me yeah. but I, I guess that makes sense do you also not like cherry tomatoes i really don't i honestly don't I like do tomatoes at all unless it's like cooked in something and it's not that okay. squishy I will own that I am weird, <laughs> but like, I just can't do that. Like fleshy kind of squishy texture. I can't do pudding or applesauce or anything like that. I choked on jello as a kid. So same. Oh, see, I like jello. I don't do any soups. I don't like drinkable savory things. Well, you're going to hate me because I'm a tall glass of gravy. Ladies. Now gravy I can do because it goes on things that I will then chew. Anyway, well, yes. let me show you something else. <laughs> no, nope. my French dip. <laughs> no, did you say French tip? Dip. <laughs> but I do also like that they criticize Ariel because she left the whole sea for a man. <laughs> I think that's a really funny line to just be like, she gave it all up. The entire ocean. Yeah. The whoosies, the what's-its, and more. She gave it all up. And more. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. I know the lyrics um, to that song. Yeah. Uh, we cut to her in her house working on graphic design. That's how we kind of know what her job is. Uh, and she's eating carrots. And as she's going through her dating app, she matches with somebody who's a dog photo. And they message her. And she's trying to type back, you know, like, cute dog, what's his name? And the guy then messages back, show me your body, I'll make you so wet. And then she sends a dick pic before she can even respond. Yeah. And she just kind of goes like, ugh, and tosses the phone. And I'm like, yes, that is exactly what online dating is like as a lady a lot of the time. <laughs> 
It's terrible. Don't do that, guys. Stop doing that. It's so easy to be like one of the ones that like a girl gets excited about because you actually like have a conversation with them and don't like right. proactively show them your dick, you idiot. Like nobody yeah. wants to see your dick, dude. Like just <laughs> stop. It's so crazy because in this movie, Sebastian stands like the ideal date and he does the bare minimum. <laughs> I know. I think it's really, he really does. Mikey, you're the one who's dating right now. But like when I yeah. was dating and like using apps, I was on Bumble and Tinder and stuff. Like I would go on some dates and there just wasn't like a romantic connection there. So we would like talk about what it was like to date. Have you ever been on a date like that? Oh, uh, you mean every date I go on where it's like Kate and Leopold levels of <laughs> repulsiveness <laughs> to each other? I'm like, hi, I'm fully aware, you know, with my emotional intelligence that you hate me but <laughs> tell me some fun dating stories yeah like so i was on a date like that and she just unloaded all of this shit and i was like oh wow like it's so easy for me to come across as like a great dude when i really i'm just like mediocre and she was like yeah i didn't know you were mediocre until we met up <laughs> <laughs> they were like those pictures are old i was like COVID's been rough. <laughs> when i was on the, the apps i purposely picked photos that I didn't look awesome in. I did that too. Yeah. I wanted them to be like when they saw me in person be like, oh, awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I did that too two years ago and now it turns out that those are my awesome photos. <laughs> it's been a rough couple of years. <laughs> COVID's been hard on everybody, Mikey. I get it. It did, it did backfire on me on one date where a guy that, that I was, it was one of those things where I was like not sold on the profile but we'd had good conversations so I was like, yeah, Let's let's try it out. Whatever. And then he got to the date and he looked exactly like his photos. And I looked better than my photos. And he was like, oh, my God, what are you doing on the apps? You like you, you didn't date somebody in real life. Like, how do you what? And he was just like mystified. And then the date spiraled into craziness because he was just like, I can't let this go. <laughs> but that's the reaction you want. You'd rather it go that way than the. Oh, yes. I thought you were the girl standing next to you. I had no group <laughs> photos. I don't trust anybody with no, like, if it's all selfies from, I'm like, they don't have any friends. No one's taking their picture. I'm like, this is suspect. You have to lead off with a photo of just you. Yes. My photos are just me, but they're in situations where they're like, I'm obviously like with people. Well, sure, I, sure. I didn't want any confusion about who I was. I was like, yeah, I want to be the most upfront so that you, you there's no question of which person is it in the group. You know, it's me. Like there's multiple pictures. Easy to identify. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, those are your dating profile tips brought to you by the folks at Horror Virgin. Get to fucking. What? what? <laughs> Also, I'm not, it's not working for me. Like, we, I can't sell anything. Well, because every time I write your profile, you change it to something weird about dad bods and you got group photos on there. I just, I'm telling you, man. I, I did not change it. I changed it back. Oh, did you? Okay. Mikey, you should change it to just like Sebastian Stan, I too eat ass. No, but also accurate. I don't know if that would go well or not. Like, I don't know how that would do. Part of me wants to just change my profile to like a fictional person for I the mean, laughs. It's not as fun as you would think. I've never done it. So it would probably only be funny for like 20 minutes. So she throws her phone to the side because she's done getting dick pics basically yeah yeah goes to the fridge and it's empty so she's got to go to the store and as she walks through the store she does 
walk past an old man tasting the milk. Oh, I thought it was like a dressing of some sort. Either way, it was gross. Like Natalie and I were watching this together and we both audibly said, Ugh. and then I was like, you have to buy that. Like if you put that back, you are the worst kind of person. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it's also it's more pieces to the puzzle of like her dissatisfaction with the opposite sex like the people that she's trying to date it's like gross guy in the store gross guy on the phone gross guy on the date everything's gross so that when one person is just not gross it's immediately you can look past so many red flags like you know how you and mikey were like we would never get caught in a hostile style exactly yeah because we'd be immediately suspicious i feel like i wouldn't fall for most stuff i would (laughs) fall for this i would 100 percent fall for this oh no i wouldn't if i had a beautiful girl giving me a good yes handing back and forth in the vegetable section of my grocery store i'd be like she is definitely a serial killer oh yeah mikey (laughs) i would 100 percent give her just a fake number i'd be like not today satan and while i am single page i am also alive (laughs) so if daisy edgar jones came up to you and was like flirting with you in the grocery store you'd you would flirt back i'm sure and then if she asked for your number you'd be like yeah 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 and you just write down the number to like sushi o sushi or something no no i mean i get i give her my real number i mean but it would be like okay third date sex not first date you know like you'd make her work for it i like that mikey i just don't give this away no and why would you tip you know (laughs) the french tip yeah we got a 23 in me, you, and see if it really is a French tip. Oh, no. Don't sell your DNA to the government. My brother already did it. I was like, damn it, Kevin. Now I can't kill anybody. You can't kill anybody. <laughs> Listen, I did 23 and My me, uncle did it. it. Yeah, I think it's great. I wanted the option to kill somebody. I want the option. <laughs> yes. What if it's self-defense? You don't know. If it's self-defense, you're fine. You, you don't you, worry You can't about prove it. it's self-defense. No, you just got to cover it up it. and move haven't, on. Yeah. yeah. Haven't you ever seen The Fugitive? I yeah. needed open options, Mikey. I agree with you. I'm just saying, if he only had one arm, she could have probably fought back a little bit better. <laughs> I'm going to cut it. I'm sorry. No, don't cut I'm it. Cut I, it. I would so like, no, no, you got to leave it in because I would like to remind you that the Winter Soldier only has one arm and I'm pretty sure he would have kicked people's ass. So. No, he's got an arm and a metal arm. I mean, the one arm man a had a prosthetic. That's how he caught him. Yeah. Just because his prosthetic doesn't also, like, I don't know, talk to Iron Man or whatever, it doesn't mean that it's any less capable. All right. Weird sidetrack. Okay. Do you think the Winter Soldier uses the metal arm to finger bang? I thought about this so much watching <laughs> no. that damn no. show. No. Why? No, he does Paige. not. Why? There's no way it doesn't vibrate. It's got speeds. Right. Like, it's his left arm, first off. Well, see, we don't know if he's right or left-handed, and maybe he likes it to feel like a stranger. And what's more stranger than a metal arm? <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. He is definitely using a flashlight because he doesn't want to hurt his thing in a metal arm. That that was the conclusion I came to, is that he could maybe not control his strength with the metal arm. Just, like, rips his dick could... off? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I just realized I have to keep my horrible fugitive joke so we can... Put this in. Damn it. Yeah, deal with it. Okay, let me just say I didn't mean it. I was joking about the fugitive. I'm sorry. <laughs> if I get a DM, I'll be very upset with you guys. It does vibrate, though. Ooh. It's vibranium. It is vibranium, I think. It's vibranium for her pleasure, guys. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's probably cold and i don't want that oh they can heat your bathroom floors there's no way that they haven't like put it up to room his temperature arm. at least he's like putting it in the oven so we can masturbate that's too much work <laughs> he's just gonna use the other hand i just need i need that episode of winter soldier where he like takes his arm out of the oven and he's like i'm a dick <laughs> I don't think you're going to get it. <laughs> like, well, then I'm going to make it know, Disney, Someone buy me a Bucky arm and I'll do it. Disney did make this. So maybe they'll make the <laughs> weirdest Winter Soldier porno ever. I can't imagine why Disney Plus won't hire me to direct my episode of Winter Soldier. <laughs> Here's what I want to know. How has no one asked this in an interview? You mean to Sebastian Stan? Yeah. To be like, what do you think about it, dude, who has to wear the, the green screen sleeve that they put that <laughs> arm over? I bet he would have takes about it. And I want I'm to sure. know those takes. Sebastian Stan, I'm opening the invitation. <laughs> if you want to come on the podcast and talk about whether as the Winter Soldier, you would jerk off with the metal hand or the human hand, the floor is yours. Please answer these allegations or answer these questions. <laughs> Alex. We allege that you may have jerked off with a metal hand. What say you? Do you think Galactus jerks off with the gauntlet? Yes. Paige, there's no way I <laughs> wouldn't have tried it once. Like, if that was me, yeah, no, I would use the reality stone to just sex it out. Sex it out, baby. <laughs> Sorry. I just love the way you said that. Maybe we should move on. She hasn't even met Sebastian Stan in this movie yet. We're just talking about him jerking off with that metal hand. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so she gets to the produce section and she is standing underneath a sign that says fresh meat, yeah. which I love. That's the kind of shit I love in movies. And he walks up and asks her about the cotton candy grapes, makes her taste them. They have this like cute little banter where he's like, do you live around here? Because I live on aisle six. Very cute. Paige, it's a fresh yes. meat cute. Oh, oh God. Meat it. cute. I wrote a Mikey joke for this movie. <laughs> uh, uh, I really uh. did love that he was like, do you live nearby? Because I live on aisle six. I only duck out here to eat grapes and talk to attractive people. I thought that that was so <laughs> charming. Yeah, because you know what? He's confident. He's got to risk it for the brisket. Dear <laughs> Lord. Now, Paige, Paige, what part of the human is the brisket? A uh, brisket is, uh, there's actually two options, both a flat cut and a point cut. Ooh. I know where my point cut is, so just tell me where the flat cut is, Paige. <laughs> In humans, it would be like the front side of your ribs, the muscles along the front. Okay. So... If you have breasts, it would be beneath the breast, like the actual breast itself, the muscles beneath. Right. If you do not have breasts, it would be kind of, I mean, there's, everybody has a little bit of fat over that muscle, yeah. but it's basically the muscle that runs underneath. Now on animals like livestock, it's that front portion between their front two legs. Okay. You're welcome. I knew you'd know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is very, again, it's the minimum. He's just charming and not creepy. Yeah. Uh, he does ask for her number. She does give it to him. His reason for getting the number is nonsense because he's just like, well, I want to tell them we talked about the grapes and they might, ask, you know, like whatever. I love that he was playing this and I do think it was an act, but he was playing this like, I know I'm awkward. I know this is weird. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And he's like, I'm going to get your number. I'm going to want to text you, but I'm not going to. Like, I'm not going to. He was just so charming this whole time. And I really loved it. I one time went on a date with a guy I met this way. No, she. 
shit. Yes. I actually gave advice to a guy to do this. Like if you see a woman who's walking around the grocery store with just like a basket and not a cart, they're probably single. Yeah. So if you want to approach them, approach them. I don't think he ever yeah. did, but like he was just like asking be where very, you could, Yeah, it's it's very careful it with is, it. It is dicey. It is dicey. It might happen at a Walgreens. We were just talking about like when it is okay to hit on somebody and when it's not. Yeah. And he was saying that like hitting on someone we were talking about Planet Fitness. He was like there's a girl at Planet Fitness I I like and I was like does she work out there or does she yeah, work there? work there. Even if she works out there, don't. My take was don't hit on a girl at Planet Fitness. If she shows interest in you and starts talking to you, that's fine. But like don't yeah, approach yeah. them. I've thought about this. I've thought about this many yeah. times because I've, we've had this debate before. Yeah. I think I'm going to come down on you can approach someone carefully. Yeah. But you have to be hyper aware that if they are not interested, you have to disengage immediately and and leave them alone and mm-hmm. ma- not make them feel like you're following them, not yeah. make it awkward to run back into them, you know, whatever. The problem with that is if they're at a place where they're working, they may have to be nice to you, which can be misinterpreted as not not, wor- not working, working unless you're getting like okay. super vibes. Yeah. yeah you just you should not hit on people where they're working unless, again, there are super vibes. You've been talking and having non hitting on conversation for a while. Right. Right. And then whatever. Cause usually people who work at places have to be nice to you. Yeah. The guy who hit on me at Walgreens passed me once and said, hi, let me kind of go about my business. Let me buy everything. And after I was done with my shopping, so I'm, I have an easy out. I'm not going to be wandering around the right. store trying to avoid him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, then he approached me and was like, I, I don't want to be creepy. Feel free to say no. I think you're beautiful. I would love to go on a date with you sometime. Like, and that literally that was it. And he was just like, feel free to say no, no hard feelings. Yeah. I know it's weird to have somebody just walk up to you. And it is. And and so we did end up going on a date. It was not a match, but uh, he did it in such a way that I didn't feel uncomfortable or cornered or scared. Yeah. And he gave me an immediate out of like, if you're not interested, it's cool. Have a nice night. But like, I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. Uh, So there is a way to do it. It's just you got to be very conscious that especially if you are a straight guy hitting on a a, a straight lady person or just a a person smaller than you, honestly, of any gender, um, that they are going to be extra cautious that, you know, they are probably afraid of you. To a degree. Well, I don't have to worry about it because I look like a goblin when I leave the house nowadays. <laughs> I'm at the grocery store being like, how many pints of Ben and Jerry's do I need today? She's cute. Oh, I'm only wearing one sock and sandals. <laughs> well, and th- this sounds terrible, but like this and, and I hate to say this because of what we know happens later in this movie. This scene is textbook how to do yes, it. Like it is. he nails it and it's because he's manipulating people and kidnapping them. Or as we call it, practice. Practice. <laughs> um, he hits it with something generic about what is happening around them. So it's not an immediate hit on you. Yeah. And also acknowledging, I understand this is awkward. You can tell me to go away. Now, granted, he does pop back she doesn't tell him to go away but like he clearly understands that there's some power in persistence but he also knows that if she's creeped out it's not gonna work yeah there's a balance there yeah anyway so he leaves and she does give him her number and we cut to her and molly in the park and molly's like he's probably married We'll find out later he is yeah. <laughs> married, air quotes. I don't know if that is, I don't know if they're actually married. I, I mean, they are married. They have two kids, but. They have the appearance of being married, What I is will not say. clear is, is. She there willingly. Yes. You don't, we right. don't know. We don't know. I got the impression it was like, 
Stockholm syndrome so bad that she then became so much like Sebastian Stan because that was the way that she was able to survive, right? Uh, In fact, when you first see the note in the magazine, I thought we were going to find out that that was his wife. We find out later it's not. I thought so too. We find out later it's not. Yeah, but I thought the same thing, Paige. Like when they kill her, I'm like, I understand why that had to happen because in the moment she was going to kill the other person or she was going to kill our main character, but I sort of also feel bad for her. Yes, and I I will say, I feel like if Noah had not escaped, that that would have been Noah next. That, and I think Anne knew that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, really, the saddest part of this movie is Sebastian Stan cheats on his wife. Those are vows. I mean, he took a vow. <laughs> he took a vow, we also, Paige. we also, again, don't know if they are actually married or if she is just a prisoner. No, they have two kids. I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't mean she's mean not a prisoner, anything. Mikey. That doesn't mean she's not a prisoner. And he has a ring, but that doesn't mean there was ever a ceremony or anything. Uh, okay, I'm going to meet you halfway here and think that she was at one point in the room, got released, and then they got married and had two kids. That also doesn't mean she's not a prisoner, though, Mikey. Yeah, I, no, my, I know. I mean, like a, a prisoner in an abusive relationship. But my my thinking was he realized that he needed to keep up appearances. Yeah. To continue to source people and uses her for that. I don't know that they were ever formally married. Oh, I read it. I read it more like the abusive relationship metaphor where he like he needs the chase needs the control and like once he's already gotten full control of someone it's boring so he starts cheating with these other women and getting control of them too that's very possible although it's established that he probably doesn't cheat with any of them except for noah or the woman who left the note in the magazine that's what i'm saying yeah i'm saying he goes i mean like some of them are boring and are just used for meat but then like he also has a pathological need to be loved and like find someone he connects with and then bring them into his like world of control it's a very interesting study of like a psyche of like a very abusive person yeah my head canon about the woman who wrote the note in the magazine is that she's got a failed escape attempt so she was like noah he liked her it probably got to the point that noah got to it's just that noah had molly and that's the difference like noah had help on her side and that's how they bond together and escape which is also women banding together to help each other i love that in this movie yeah i know it's a terrible byproduct of like this horrible but like the way that they help each other even though they didn't know each other before they're just like we're gonna fucking get this dude i'm like yes well i mean noah and molly knew each other but penny is like right. ride or die immediately immediately i love it yeah i love it, I loved so it too so she and molly are talking about it and she kind of brings up that she met him in the grocery store uh and is actually kind of bummed that he hasn't texted where she was like i didn't like it was kind of a funny interaction but i kind of did hope he texted because he was kind of fun and she's walking home from the park when her phone chimes and just from the look on her face we know he texted i love that because they showed us her reaction and you immediately know you just Mm -hmm. know and i love that so much yep uh so they meet at a bar and i just have in my notes he continues to be sebastian stan (laughs) which is essentially he does (laughs) she this is where we establish her love of maraschino cherries which by the way if you watch through the movie starts as something she loves and then he's doing it by the end of the movie it's that mirroring idea where he's as emotionally dependent on her as she is on like getting out like it does become like he does get tied into it i also love a good old-fashioned with a cherry in it oh i mean i love luxardo cherries i don't know if yeah, y'all I like are. yes yeah. mm-hmm. Ooh, 
yes. That's for the high class cocktails, not Mer- Mercutio or whatever. Mercutio cherries? But if you see in the first date, he's eating some of the cherries too. He's eating one or two, yeah. but she's the one who orders the whole glass. But then later, I'll point it out when it happens later, he comes to her room and gives her a glass of cherries and he has his own glass of cherries. Yes, I did see that. Yeah. I also like because cherry is sort of slang for things. And I like that yeah, she was I, new and like it's this whole like metaphor thing. I sort of liked it. I was like, oh, I dig that. Yeah. All right. Cool. He also essentially this date with them at the bar is played exactly parallel and converse to the first date where he pays without asking yeah. her. It's not even a question. He just does. Which again, I I am a fan of going Dutch on dates or whatever. Figure out your own financial thing. But the first date, it's like he forced her to pay and then took her leftovers. <laughs> like It was like a whole... So it's the flip side of it, of him being like, I'm taking you out. I'm treating you to this. They talk easily. He doesn't. The first date, the guy just kind of talked through the entire date and talked at her instead of talking with her. It's a complete tonal shift from that date. And he will then, as he keeps her imprisoned, bring back things that she has said on this date and use them against her, which is brutal and manipulative and terrifying. But realistic, right? Like that is something that would happen in an abusive relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They walk out to the sidewalk. She kisses him. They go back to her place and they're kissing. They're in the moment and he pauses. And until you've seen this movie all the way through one time, you're like, oh, he's just being a nice guy. And then later you're like, oh, it's because he doesn't get involved with his victims. Right. Like, oops. Yeah. It's because he's married? Question mark. (laughs) Question mark. But this is where she says, can I get you something to drink or something to eat? And he says, no, just just you. you. Which, by the way, perfect answer. Very hot. And then it is on. Yeah. Bone zone immediately. (sighs) I've been on some dates like this. And uh... tell me everything, Mikey, just like top to down. Tell me everything about the date. My go-to move. This may be a little personal. Of like you, like their te- their levels of tension, where like you, they're making eye contact, you're like making eye contact, and it's like let's jump some bones or whatever. My go-to move is to like pick somebody up while kissing them, and then like throw them on the bed. Nice. I have had the, that happen, or I've been pressed up against a wall. Yeah, walls are great. Yeah, you got. I just do it till I get tired, and I throw them on the bed, <laughs> and you got to pretend you're not tired. You take off that belt real slow while you catch your breath. <laughs> I, that's why I kept a sweat rag at the foot of the bed. I'm just like, uh, I, <laughs> we're gonna need this later for cleanup. <laughs> they also and they they cut. God, the the visual language of this movie is so good because they cut this scene very very specifically and it mirrors the ending scenes as well but it also serves for especially on a second watch uh the first thing he does is go down on her yeah and then it it cuts to this is something that uh is very rare uh in in sex scenes in general and it's something that i've seen more recently in sex scenes so i'm kind of glad that people are doing it where the camera stays on her face we're not watching the whole rest of it 
the camera stays on her face and we just get her reaction. Yeah. And I actually really like it in scenes like this where I think it focuses more on that person's experience as opposed to just objectifying a person. I think it's a more interesting way to portray sex. But yeah, he eats people. <laughs> so he also eats, you know, pussy. <laughs> he also eats. Pussy. <laughs> of course, of course. he. Yeah, exactly. I just assumed he wanted to sample it. <laughs> <laughs> like Cotton, it's, it's like Costco. Girl, is your pussy curtain select? Um, oh. I was going to say he likes to marinate it first. <laughs> mm, for tenderness. I do like it stays on her face and then it goes from uh, night to morning. Yeah. On her face. It's a very cool cut. It is. And she wakes up, rolls over. He's still there. And she takes a photo of him. She takes a photo of him. Yeah. While he's asleep and then they have this cute little like morning meet cute where it's implied that he leaves, goes back to doing whatever. And then she calls Molly from the shower and texts her that photo. Yeah. So Molly now has a picture of him. Not a great picture because it's like half of his face because it's it was like, like half his face and the light is there. Yeah, yeah. I did like that Molly was like. I mean, I guess he's kind of cute. Like, I can't really see him because his face is squished into the pillow. Creeper. <laughs> like, because yeah. she took a picture of him when he was sleeping. Yeah. Yep. So Molly is like, what's his Instagram? I want to social media stalk him. And this is where Noah is like, oh, he doesn't have any social media. And she's like, uh-uh, red flag. It is a red flag. I would say a, a, a certain for a certain age group, it's a red flag. What age? What, I don't expect people my parents' age to have social media. But It would be That's Facebook. That's who I expect but the most. they definitely would have social media. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, like, my parents actively, my dad has an Instagram. That's the only one. And that's only recently. I know we're Instagram so, like, friends. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah. But like, if I was meeting people that age, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, when we get to be that age, I would assume everyone would have it. Um, and I have one or two friends that either have minimal social media presence or or not any, but they have like reasons for it where it's like, I work for the government or whatever. So anyway, but for me, it's a red flag usually when somebody doesn't have yeah. any sort of... Usually a red flag and they usually have a reason and then I'm like, what's the real reason? My sister works for the State Department and she has a Twitter, but like she doesn't have her photo on it. She has like zero yeah, exactly. followers. Like yep. she never tweets. Like it's that sort of social media. She has it, but like never uses it. I'm the opposite. Right. I'm a secret agent, but I have a very large presence <laughs> with podcasting. <laughs> Secret agent Mikey. Secret uh, so podcast Mikey. It's a dying medium and he's here <laughs> to clear the air. The dying wasn't the medium. It's the enemies. <laughs> oh, Is that what you meant this whole time, Mikey? It's not the medium that's dying. It's the enemies that are dying. <laughs> He's got a license to kill the medium. <laughs> <laughs> All you psychics out there better watch out. Oh, anyway, <laughs> this is also where she reveals that she knew the bartender yeah. at, at the bar that night. Maybe not super well, but enough that she kind of recognized him because he used to date Molly. Anyway, Molly gets back to work. Noah goes back on her f to the rest of her day. We cut to a second date between her and Steve. And it's at this point in the movie where they start including a lot of close-ups and ASMR of mouths and people chewing. Yeah. A lot. The close-ups uh, are, are really cool because it's like they crunch down the focal length. So like the F-stop is like yes. probably under one. It is like so tight. So like most of what you have on the, the screen is like out of focus or slightly out of focus because it's like really tight on like her neck and she's grabbed like touching her neck in the shower. Like that's one of the times I remember yeah. it. Like, and her hand is in focus, but like even like 
like the back of her neck is out of focus. So, so like that focal length is just like inches. It's such a cool shot. I love it. There's a ton of shots in this movie of just Sebastian Stan's stubbled jaw chewing. Yeah. yeah. So much. The one that I remember the most is when he's at his house with his maybe wife and he takes what looks like a piece of like dried meat and starts to chew it. It's prosciutto oh, and it's okay. a, a human leg of prosciutto because yeah, yeah, it's yeah, got yeah. a tattoo on it. Yeah. Yeah. And they just show that close up of just his like mouth and jaw. Yeah. Yes. The best one that's actually a little farther back. It's not as much of a close up where he's already got Molly, but he and Noah have had dinner for the first time at his house. Yeah. And he like leaves Noah's room and he's like smiling. And this is again just because Sebastian Stan fucking crushes it in this movie. He's smiling. And as he just continues to walk down the hall, you watch his face change. Yeah. And there's a slight close up of just his jaw clenching as he goes to open the other door to basically torture Molly. Yeah. Like, but it's that just little thing that you're just like, oh, yeah, he does a great job. Yeah. So second date. Lots of mouth shots. They're eating Chinese food. And this is where he claims he doesn't eat animals, which if you don't count humans as an animal, he technically does not eat any animal products through the rest of the movie. But I mean, he does eat animals because he eats people. So, well, that's again, like I said, if you consider people an animal, which maybe you do, maybe you don't. But it's literally only people (laughs) from like this point forward (laughs) in the movie, which is wild because even the prosciutto and the cheese plate and everything yeah so she is she's eating short ribs and she's like you wrecked it for me like these are my favorite like now i have to think about it's animals or whatever um and he asks her have you told anyone about me that's a red flag for me because this is date number two hundred percent okay i do think on date number two that is sort of a red flag but i've asked that because i want to gauge their interest level Sure. So like, I'm like, so have you told anybody you're seeing somebody yet? I'm not, that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's not second date. That's like fifth. <laughs> Cause it's yeah. like sort of the, are we exclusive yet? Are we not like, do right. we want to have that conversation or broach that topic? And fifth date is like subjective to what's gone on. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and she admits that she told Molly, but he kind of brushes it off. And she kind of talks with him about Molly and is like, I think you guys would get along. You know, you might actually like each other. And this is where he invites her to dance. Yes. In a, a very, it's a lot of white dancing. Well, y- yeah. <laughs> Whoa, I just call it dancing. Mm, I mean, most dancing happens on the beat, but this, not so <laughs> I don't much. even know what a beat is. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, they're both kind of nerdy dancers, but it's definitely more of cu- them just being cute and making each other laugh. And yeah. this is where he takes a picture of her that he's going to use when he sells her butt meat later. Yeah. Which I don't know, like later in the movie, like after the butt stuff happens. <laughs> Sorry, that was just fun to I say. I know what you mean, but it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no way I can say that without giggling and I apologize. But like, <laughs> she seems to heal fine. Like you can, she still has a butt in the movie. Like, I don't know. Well, I, I think that would have been difficult to do with makeup. They do make her clothes a little baggier so you can kind of. What I think they should have done, and maybe this is because I'm a fan of Drag Race, like they have like butt pads. Yeah. You can like put in, they should have done that for the first 30 minutes of the movie they should have padded her out and then taken it away yeah i mean not like egregious but where it's like (laughs) you can be egregious she's like at least i've still got my ass and then she like wakes up she's like no (laughs) no anyway so they're they're dancing around her living room he collapses into a chair and this is where he's like let's go somewhere let's go away for a weekend wherever maybe it'll be a surprise and she agrees to go okay third date going away with somebody that is sketch that's a lot yeah Unless you like were friends with them before, 
yeah, and they're like yeah. your friend's girlfriend or whatever. Like I wouldn't do that. Yeah. So I technically had a second date where I spent the weekend with someone. Like we drove six hours yeah. to the beach. How many people went? Uh, well, so it was just her and I. But mm. did you see Blair Witch? <laughs> <laughs> it was just her and I and like six other people. It was like the weirdest second date ever. We were all in matching robes. Don't worry. Uh-huh. About no, it. no, no, no. I mean, all it was was we went to the beach. With, she had some friends that had a condo down there, so we went to that condo to the beach. And it was our second date And I didn't know her before then But she was very good friends With a very good friend of mine So like I knew her through association So like I wasn't worried about that Being weird Yeah But also like as the that's I mean like I wouldn't worry about that because I'm like a huge dude. Yeah, I mean, that's also true. Like, it's very different for guys than it is for girls. Like, that is a much riskier scenario for a woman than it is for me. And I get but that. But weekend trip is like a relationship milestone, not just it a is. date. It's yeah. like a, oh, we're like boyfriend and girlfriend type milestone. Well, I think that's why Molly objects to it in the next scene yeah. where she's like, I don't like that. I don't like surprise. No, thank you. And she accuses her of being dickmatized. Which is something I've been saying for years. And I love Oh, yeah. Dignitized. I learned the word dignitized from... Jake? I'd imagine it was Jake. It was not. (laughs) I learned the word dignitized from Johnny McGovern, uh, who used to be on Big Gay Sketch Show, and then for a while had like a live comedy and sketch show in LA, and he filmed a music video called Dignitized, and it's actually pretty damn funny. Nice. I've always used Dignitized or Devil Penis Magic. Those are the two that I use. Devil Penis Magic is a big fave of mine. I think that's pretty fun. And I didn't make either of those up. Like, I I have no idea where I heard those, but those are the ones I use. (laughs) Oh, I made those up, guys. Nice. Oh, great. Thank you. I figure you're just like, I'm going to give you the full vitamin water. Oh, my God. Dragon Fruit XXX. (laughs) When Mikey and I get in shape and go on our mail review, we're going to call it the Dragon Fruit XXL Tour. Brought to you by Vitamin Water. Yeah. I'm going to make you say acai. Yeah, I'm going to make you say acai. I'm amazed that you pronounced acai correctly. If I told you the thousands upon thousands of times at work where I was like, this acai berry thing is real good. <laughs> <laughs> where 40 people at the same time were like, you're a big idiot. <laughs> I'm like, it's got a little curvy thing. I don't know how to say that. That's not even English. I've only ever read that word. I can't read that word because it's not in English. <laughs> I don't know what the big wiggly, the squiggly uh, ampersand. That's not an ampersand. It's not. It's not. Was it an, an umlaut? Is, is it umlaut it's, is, it's, is it's, the two it's dots? Not an, first of all, it's umlaut. And no, it's not. <laughs> It's not an umlaut because umlaut is the two dots. We can't. We can't. We'll be here all day. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Paige, can you just teach us high school level grammar? That's, no. Okay, that's way beyond high school level grammar. I don't think it is. Mikey, I'm not saying I know it. I also need this class. Acai. This was a sex <laughs> joke that has really gotten out of hand. Yes. She does promise Molly that she'll text when she gets there. And... Molly's still suspicious, but she's like, okay, I'm happy for you. Yeah. So he picks her up at her apartment that night and he says, change of plans. We have to leave in the morning. Traffic is terrible. We'll go to my place and then leave first thing tomorrow. Okay. And she goes, okay. And gets in the car. Which, okay. What drives me crazy about this is, well, first off, I don't know how far away Cottage Grove is, but they get in his car to drive to his house. Yes. It's daytime when they leave and it's night when they get there. Now on on a second viewing, I think he picks her up in the evening and I don't think this drive is as long as the movie portrays it to be only because I mean it's definitely not a short drive but 
I only say that because multiple people drive and end up in this place and seem to be able to get back and forth relatively fast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if the sun was about to go down when he picked her up, it would take maybe 45 minutes for it to get dark, you know? So, like, it could yeah. not, it doesn't have to be like a six-hour drive, you know? It could be a 45-minute to an hour drive. In my mind, it's probably an hour. Yeah. So they get now the other thing as we're watching this drive as it gets darker and darker and darker, her phone gets less and less service. So they get to his house and it's like a cool looking modernist mid-century coolness and she stops by a painting and the entire first time i watched this movie i wondered if that painting was human skin it they never address it i don't think it is she does linger on it and i love the reveal later like shows the importance of that painting yes so he makes her a drink and asks her if she can taste what's in it and she settles on apricots is what's in it but we will find that he has drugged her she starts to feel dizzy and her vision gets kind of blurry can i just say this i loved and hated the way he got her to continue drinking this drink by yeah. like what's in it yeah and she says three different things and on the last one he's like yeah that's it yeah which i mean he just he thought of this like really clever way of getting her to continue drinking it when she wasn't feeling great just because she needs to drink more of it like it was right. nuts i was like oh this guy is like a venus flytrap. <laughs> he is the yes. worst yeah And so she starts to feel dizzy, but she's not quite putting two and two together yet. And he is sitting on the couch opposite her purposefully because he then says to her, why are you so far away? Come sit by me. And that's his test to see if she can run away. Yeah essentially, because she stands up, collapses onto the floor. And this is the shift in the movie, because up until now, if you haven't seen this movie before, if you're watching this for the first time, he seems perfect until this exact moment where she collapses on the floor and he gets up to make another drink. Yeah. And as he does, we get the title card of the movie across him making that other drink. Yeah. Like buried in the like they do it kind of like Scott Pilgrim did some of the text where it's kind of translucent and it sits in the scene and it's just fresh and the credits hit 33 minutes into the movie. It's great. It's fucking great. Yeah, it's so great. As the credits roll, we are seeing a pictures of meat, but also shots of Noah coming in and out of consciousness. So we're seeing her moving as like the lights in the ceiling pass her kind of like being on a gurney a little bit. Um, We're seeing the wall in the room that he puts her in, some of the other walls of the kind of basement area Mm -hmm. where he carries her down. And she comes to and she's chained up in the basement room and she wakes up and he's there and he says, how did you sleep? And she doesn't fully immediately remember what happened the night before. So she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. What happened? And he says, I drugged you. And that's when she notices the chains. You hear them before you see them, which I thought was cool. Yeah, she doesn't immediately notice them. Well, I mean, she's waking up from being drugged. I'm sure she's like groggy. I've never been drugged like that, but I'm sure it's like there are lingering effects, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But she does such amazing work in this scene because at first she's like, she just goes through like so many different stages of like, oh, this is a joke. Oh, this is not a joke. Oh, fuck. Please not a joke. let this be a joke. This is a joke, right? Like she goes from like yeah. waking up like, oh, what happened last night to like, I'm going to get yeah. murdered. Right. Yeah. So it's like this huge shift. It's amazing. She freaks out. She does an amazing job in this scene. And and she's like, are you going to rape me? And he's like, I'm not going to rape you. I like you like you're going to be OK. And but of course not, because he's drugged you. So like you're not going to be OK. Um, and so she is spiraling. And he and the way they shot this, it's from her point of view. It's one of 
only a very few times that he like gets angry or raises his voice yeah. in this movie. Yeah. And it's fucking terrifying. It is terrifying. It is one of the scariest parts of this movie for me where he just screams at her and is like, great, now you're paying attention. No, he says, there you are. There you are. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, this dude is... First off, such a great actor, but amazing, a fucking psychopath. <laughs> it, it reminds me of like John Goodman in Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was trying to think of something else, and I think that's why people compare this to American Psycho, where you have a character that outwardly seems so likable, but then turns on a dime like that. And very few that I think are this effective. And I was trying to think of something else like it. John Goodman came to mind. And I guess Christian Bale. But I feel like it's not surprising when Christian Bale turns an American psycho. This, even though you know he's evil, surprises you because it seems like it's a depth of evil you weren't ready for yet. Especially this early. Is American Psycho a horror? It's a horror, right? I guess. I just looked it up. It is a horror thriller is what it's classified as. Okay. I think I may have seen it in high school, but that was like forever ago. So I don't really remember it very well. And honestly, I may not have seen it. It's not scary. Just like, I also feel like this wasn't scary. That's part of why I grappled with whether or not this was a horror movie. And I will talk about something in fun facts because this was not originally classified as just horror. And we'll talk about it. Well, it's not just horror. It's definitely a horror thriller. Uh, It was classified as a horror comedy originally. We'll talk about it in Foot Facts. I mean, I can see there's some funny parts. I don't think it's a comedy. I definitely think it's more of a thriller. I Yeah, a thriller, I think, is where I would put it. You'd have to change some of the directing style and some of the acting choices to make it a comedy. I, there are genuinely funny parts of this movie. I do think if it's a comedy, it's a dark comedy. But I yeah. think you could argue it. Like, I I would not completely discount that. Anyway, so he says to her, like, I'm going to tell you, but you're going to freak out. Yeah. And he but he says it in such a calm way. It's so freaky. He's like, I'm going to sell your meat and your hair and other shit like that. People pay me a lot of money for it. It's a thing. I'm not going to kill you, at least not right away, because the fresher the meat, the better. I'm going to keep you alive as long as I can, unless you act up. And then until then, I'm going to take care of you. Like, as long as you don't act up, nothing bad has to happen. And she immediately lunges for him because he has gotten too close to her and tries to tackle him. But he knows exactly how far away he needs to be. He knows how long the chain is. Exactly. uh, He grabs her around the waist and tackles her back down and like tries to calm her down and literally says stop being so dramatic and you're like she just found out you're gonna sell her meat like what do you what do you mean stop being dramatic but he sets her down and walks out of the room and as she does kind of lunge at him a couple times he does stand just out of the chain range yeah which i think is a cool signal because this is before like you hear the other people he has in that basement area she's not the first right i I was like oh this is clearly like he is a professional like he's done this a bunch Yeah. yeah But like at that point, I thought she was the only one there. And then when you start to hear the other voices, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. So we cut to Molly, who's trying to call her and can't get any response, but gets a text back that says, hey, there's no service. I'll call later and sends a picture of a waterfall. See, that's where I think he makes his mistake. I would have just taken her SIM card out and turned the phone off. And not tried to be her. I don't think the picture of the waterfall is like what makes Molly question it. I think it's because she says, I love you. And she doesn't get the I love you more back because they've set that up as that's the way they say that to each other. Whoever says I love you first, the other person says I love you more. And he just responds with the heart. 
And she's like, that's not right. Yeah. So that's when she does the reverse image shirt. So that waterfall. I think he's just buying time. But he doesn't have to buy time. Like she's dead. Like she's never coming back. You don't have to buy time. But he's he's buying time for the friend to like not investigate him right away. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. Because like she's a person who knows he exists and can point people in his direction if she meddles. But the longer he goes, the more he can kind of a take Noah's body or potentially kill her or clean up any loose ends. So like I suspect he does this to everybody. That's why he keeps the phone. And also the more he can find out about them or you know clear up any stop people from looking like this is his insurance policy to try and keep the cops away is what this is and Paige, you'll know this but like the quicker you report someone missing the more likely it is that you'll find that person so he might just be even buying time because you know he doesn't want like get past 48 hours yes exactly yeah. so like he wants to make it as difficult as possible for them to find him knowing that there's always an element of risk when you do shit like this right yeah exactly so Meanwhile, we cut back to the house. Noah is screaming and crying and screaming for help. And this is where we first hear the voice in the wall. And we find out that this is Penny. Yeah. And she says, I can't help you. We're in the same boat. And she's that she says that she was in town visiting and met Steve. And she doesn't know how long she's been here or what time of day it is. And she doesn't have much family. So people won't be looking for her. And Noah says, me neither. And in part, we know that's because she told Steve about it on the dates. So like, that's part of why he targeted her. Yeah. And so she asks if there are others. We learn that there's at least one other named Melissa who unfortunately has uh is no longer on this plane of mental existence because of the trauma she has experienced yeah she's the one that's just singing the whole time right right yeah yes and and she does die during the movie they don't spend a lot of time on it but well they end up eating her yeah they end up eating at least part of her uh later and at this point noah's like we have to get out of here so she's already planning an escape we cut to Molly at her office and she's Googling Steve. She's trying to find out like, who is this guy? She can't find anything. She texts Noah again, but Noah isn't sending any more pics. And she says she needs a technology break. And this is where you get the I love you and then heart, not I love you more. Yeah. And Molly immediately is like, something's up. Yeah, that ain't so right. She Google. Im yeah, she Google Im image searches the waterfall sees that it's a picture from a blog from a completely different place, and now she knows something is wrong. Right. Meanwhile, Noah's at Steve's house, and she hears music upstairs, and we cut to upstairs where Sebastian Stan just goes ham in the kitchen for, like, the entirety of Animotion's obsession. It's honestly like, one of my favorite parts of the movie just because he is like, yes, this is like the epitome of if you're doing something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Like he is just dancing around, cutting up a person. It's wild. <laughs> but, yes. but he makes I love it, it. He makes it look so fun, guys. I'm going to burn a fun fact right here. Please okay. do. This was one of his audition scenes. <laughs> I can't believe they made him audition. Sorry. Okay. Where they told him to basically choose a song and like self tape because this is during COVID. Yeah. And then he released that tape on Instagram when the movie came out. Awesome. So if you guys want to watch it later, I do have it. It is a very funny video. <laughs> 
Uh, I'll watch that for sure. It's just him in his own kitchen, which is pretty hysterical. Awesome. So this is where we see the process of how he deals with the meat. This is where we see him dancing around with Melissa's leg. Yeah. We do find out that this is Melissa. Yeah. And it is definitely a, a pork butt designed to look like a human leg yeah it does look really believable though like all of the meat that you see like bone in looks really believable yeah and it's it's one of those things where like this is gonna sound terrible if you work with raw pork like if you barbecue like really barbecue a lot you can immediately tell it's pork yeah. just the color and the texture sure but if you don't it looks very believable as a leg yeah and to be honest pork it's supposedly pork is the closest human meat analog sure so i think that's why they chose it yeah because it does look believable yeah um but essentially he cuts and tenderizes the different cuts of meat he vacuum seals them and then he seals them in boxes with personal affects from the person the meat came from so like a lock of hair he's got all of melissa's like bras and panties from her luggage for the trip away for the weekend i would assume yeah yeah i think i think he uses the same story with all the women right exactly. and that way he gets them to bring personal effects like in yeah. one of them you see like a hair dryer and stuff like that stuff that they yeah. would bring for mm-hmm. a weekend away yeah exactly so he seals them up and he packs it and it's very interesting the logo on all of the stuff he's packing is like baphomet yeah but with like other little like wine and whatever around it uh he stacks the boxes by the door for pickup and this is where we meet that other business partner who doesn't talk much and who we is unaccounted for at the end uh, and he comes and picks up the boxes well at the end he's putting sebastian stan on ice that's true. Yes. Uh, but he's packing the boxes and we get a mini montage of rich dudes opening the boxes. Yeah. We cut to Noah's room where he's serving her fettuccine Alfredo and trying to get her to try the cake. Um, and she says that she needs to shower and he still flirts with her like they're on a date where he's like alone. Sorry, I was joking. Like, yeah. it's wild. He asks her to smile. She gives a fake smile. It is not convincing at all because she doesn't want to smile. Obviously, he's going to try and sell her meat. But I mean, she does have a great smile. I'm sure Mikey was like into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's yeah. got teeth. <laughs> she's got some good chompers, Mikey. Yeah. And so he like this is one of the places where he uses the words from her date against her where he's like isn't this what you wanted to be free from the bullshit it's still me I'm being honest I'm the same guy that was on the date like yeah it's me uh and he makes her promise to be good and she wa- he walks her through the basement and up into the hallway into the main house to take a shower and I think honestly the reason he does it is I think he thinks he's gonna get lucky that would not at all surprise me just because men are stupid. 100%. But it's very clear as she's walking out because we are sort of getting her sort of mm-hmm. point of view. She is scoping out exits, yes. like trying to figure out how she can yeah. get away because she's smart. Yeah, she's never not taking note of her surroundings and how she can get out, even as the movie progresses and she kind of makes headway and kind of gains a little bit of freedom. She is always looking at exits and windows and everything. Oh, I mean, even when he fully thinks that she is like a cannibal too and is super into it, she's going to be this house's wife, quote unquote, or whatever. Like, she is 100% always gonna bite that dick off. Like, she is not (laughs) at all on board for what's happening. She's just trying to survive. Yeah, exactly. So she does try and make a break for it. He grabs her by the neck and smacks her head against one 
against one of the walls. Yeah. And we Ugh. get her point of view as he just says, bad girl, and she loses consciousness. Yeah, I hated this part. So scary. I hated the next part because... Yeah, we cut to him prepping the operating room, and she comes to as he's operating, but she has an epidural, so she can't move. She can barely even speak. Yeah, and he says he's taking her ass because she lost his trust. These are the consequences. And he's singing off tune yeah there is a really cool shot where we see his reflection in her eyeball yeah which is very cool looking it is very cool i love that he is like having the time of his life again listening to some music just having a good time like enjoying <laughs> his job and she's like no yeah. don't do it and he like leans over and is like don't worry i'm a doctor like yeah, i'm a doctor so remember and you're just like he just, oh my God. he just says it so peppy like it's so incongruous to what's happening it's almost funny yes no yes, he's I great mean, he is a great serial killer yeah. yeah these are the parts that even though it's horrible these are the parts that are kind of funny and you feel bad laughing at it you feel horrible but you are also like what a strange way to react in in, in a way like that's what kind of catches you I yeah think. i mean it's clear he's like a sociopath like just yeah. does not have empathy or feelings so there's not a ton of information about his character's backstory so he came up with one that i have in fun facts yes. we'll talk about it nice okay cool so we cut to molly visiting paul at the bar trying to get him like going full law and order detective trying to get him to give her the receipt information for the night that noah and steve were there i love that you said going full law and order detective because this 100 percent would happen 15 minutes into every law and order episode every time <laughs> um and he's like i can't i like i get in a lot of trouble but she kind of pouts and leaves without it but he's gonna end up giving her that receipt anyway. yeah he says let me see what i can do i'll you know i could lose my job so let me think about it right but yeah he does text her later and he's like here's his full name right i couldn't resist that pouty lip or whatever you know Yes. Uh, so we cut back to the house with Noah eating and taking pills and talking to Penny next door, comparing like pain stories, essentially. Yeah. And, well, and crawling around because her yeah. butt has been taken. I honestly am curious to know how much that would impact your mobility. I don't know. Because the muscles there, right? Like not all your leg muscle, though, but I have to imagine that. It would impact it some, but like, yeah. how do I Google that on my work computer in a way that does not make HR like take issue? If you cut your butt <laughs> off, can you walk? Anal fissure care instructions. That's not what I needed. That is not what you needed. Oops, but. I ripped my butthole. No, this is not what I needed at all. <laughs> I love that Britney Spears song. Oops, I, I ripped, ripped my, my butthole. butthole. <laughs> anyway, this is where she confesses to Penny that she slept with Steve and Penny reveals that no one else did as as much as she knows. Yeah, and Penny's like, uh, listen, I'm not sh slut shaming, but like that's different than all of our, the rest of our experience. Right. Which I appreciate that clarification. Me too. Me too. Uh, I really love in this scene where Noah's blaming herself. She's like, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I fell for this. And Penny reiterates like, it's not your fault. Yeah, none of this is your fault. It's theirs. He manipulated you. He tricked you. Like he kidnapped you and took your butt. Like it's not your <laughs> fault. So we cut to Molly at work again and she gets a text with the info. So she starts sleuthing. She finds his Facebook. She finds an address and... She is now on the prowl. She is going to go figure out what's up. Yeah. Can we talk about how? Oh, God. I would love to have this much extra square footage where you could kidnap three different people at the same time. <laughs> uh, Mikey, I don't love the way you phrased it, but I would also yeah, love to have a lot of extra square footage. Yes. <laughs> like, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I just hate the way you said it. 
Yeah, I'm going to kidnap some mid-century credenzas. That's all I'm going to do. <laughs> I always got square footage for credenza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like me, a bunch of credenzas, Sebastian Stan, <laughs> dream life. Yeah. So <laughs> meanwhile, in Noah's prison room, she gets up to go to the bathroom and she's got like bloody, like it, it looks like there's bandages in her underwear. Yeah, so we know that like was. It, it really happened. Yeah. Um, and as she's going to the bathroom, she hears Penny scream as he carries her down the hall. She crawls towards the wall, but it's too late. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Molly goes to his house. She stakes it out. She waits for a van to pull in. Yeah. And out of the van climbs his wife and kids. And at first she thinks that's what it is. She's like, he has a full other family. Like, yeah. that's what he was hiding. Um, meanwhile, we cut back to Noah and he's given her a magazine. And here's the worst part. This magazine is one of those like Cosmo with like listicles. And the first one is smile more. Trust us. Oh, wow. Yeah. I also noticed that like it's a used magazine. Obviously, we find that out later because something's written in it. Mm -hmm. But like the pages are a little crinkled. And I like it just mm. made me like sad. I, I don't know. I was just like, oh, no. Well, this is also the scene where he brings her an extra cup of cherries and yeah. he has his own cup and he comes in and literally and then he's just cut something off penny yeah we know because we just saw well a penny saved is a penny earned no <laughs> he sits down and he's just complaining about his day as if it's a normal relationship yeah like they're on a date again page Yes. yes. This is their fourth date in his eyes. Yeah, in his eyes. And he's just sitting there in scrubs like, oh, what a day. And she basically asks, why did you sleep with me? And he says, well, I told you that I liked you. Anyway, it was a mistake. Try to relax. Fear and stress isn't good for the meat. So it's almost like he's talking himself out of it. But he is also getting involved. It's oh, like he's super on board for what he wants to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he's a sociopath. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. In the spine of the magazine as she's reading it, she finds a note from a girl before and it says if you're reading this he likes you use it and keep fighting and then it's signed sam akbari yeah. now we will never meet sam we will eventually see her picture um and find out that she has passed but this is basically the thing that kind of keeps noah going and kind of redirects her escape plans so she calls out to try and talk to penny to try and see if penny's still alive because at any point any one of them could no longer be alive yeah and penny responds and she's like no we're like we're getting out I know you're sad I know it's bad but we're gonna leave like we're gonna get out of here and Penny says I hope he fucking chokes yeah and then gets a tapeworm. I, <laughs> uh, she goes even more. I love what she said because she's like, she does. I hope that he shits his insides out and bleeds through his eyes and shit. Like she hopes the people eating the meat do. Yeah. She said because we get cuts of him in the operating room, and she says, I hope his weirdo friends shit and puke out of their yeah. eyes. And then we get super cuts of the rich guys opening and eating the meat. And Noah basically just says, "Stay strong." We cut to the bar where Paul gets a text from Molly, and she shares her location. Yeah. We know that she's at the house. So now he has the location of her phone. She goes up to the house and Anne answers the door. This is our first time meeting her. Yeah. And she, we find out, at least in the fake version of Steve's life, I guess, is Steve's wife. Yes. And so she lets Molly in and Molly is like, I think she might have been seeing your husband. Have you seen this girl? And Anne's like, no. And I don't even know if that is my husband. I can't tell from that picture. Meanwhile, back at the house, and this is where I think the house is maybe closer than we thought, because he comes to visit Noah dressed to leave because it's the outfit that we'll see him in moments later. And he asks Noah if she needs anything. And Noah asks him what the meat tastes like. And he says it depends on where it's from and how it's prepared. But if it's done right, it's fucking exquisite. Yeah. Like nothing you've 
ever had before. And he's kind of like confused by her asking, but he just goes like, "Mm," and then leaves. Meanwhile, back at his other house, Anne is denying it. She's like, it's not him. Uh, He doesn't go out of town. I'm so sorry. You should talk to the police about your friend. But as they're talking, he comes home and introduces himself as Brendan, which we know is his actual first name. Yes, but his middle name is Steve. He goes by Steve. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And so... He's like, no, I'm, I'm so sorry. There must be some mistake. I think you have the wrong house. I'm so you know, sorry we couldn't help you. And as Molly's about to leave, she calls Noah's phone and it rings. Oh, this part was so good. Because Steve has it and he says, oh, it's you. You really shouldn't have done that. And before he can do anything or get to her, the wife gets Molly from behind and she is knocked out yeah because at a certain point you were worried that maybe his wife didn't know but then this is where you find out like she's in on it yeah she's a part of this she may be a willing participant but she may be not a willing participant but she is yeah, a part we of it. don't know she's mm. a part of it i think she's gotta take mm. she was a victim at some point we know she was i mean we haven't seen it yet in the so movie, we're most sexual like, abusers but like they have to be held accountable too for sure oh and she is held accountable she gets killed in this movie like she gets killed yeah. in this movie anyway so like paul tries texting molly he doesn't get a reply uh we cut to steve putting molly in the trunk and he just says noah said we'd get along fuck and then he slams the trunk he's so mad funny it's a very funny shot but we cut to later that night where he basically barges into noah's room and he's like why'd you ask me what it tastes like and she's like i guess i was curious and he's like you expect me to believe that and i think he's trying to see if she signaled molly somehow oh i think he's been thinking about that question since they had that conversation because yeah. he's like I think he's like sort of gaslighting himself into believing that she is like him because he likes her right I think it's that too yeah, yeah. um so he proposes that they go to dinner which I I took as him testing her where it's like oh you're curious let's see how curious you are basically yeah. so he brings her new clothes uh we cut to Paul eating a burger in his car and this is where the texts go to green which means it's no longer on the Apple network but he clicks the location again and it does send a location marker for her phone but now it's in a completely different place and he screenshots what the location is way up in the mountains so back at Steve's house the the other house not the prison house he's getting ready for bed so is Anne and he tells her that he's going to be late tomorrow night because it's something for the clients but we really know that it's dinner with Noah yeah so he's hiding it from her yes um but he says good teamwork today kisses her and goes to bed we watch as Anne goes to get into the shower and as she pulls down her jeans we see that she has one prosthetic leg where he has clearly taken her leg yeah we cut to him running and I don't know why this shot is so funny to me, but it's like he's winning a fucking race. Like he is chewing all the damn scenery just running. It's <laughs> really funny. I mean, it's not just like a run. He's on a full out sprint. Like he is yeah, charging at the camera. Mission. Yeah. We get a shot of his fridge where we reveal that there's human meat in that fridge. Yes. And like there, the house he shares with his quote unquote wife and kids. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he slices off a piece of what is clearly human prosciutto that he is like, cl- he's cured. Now, if you know anything about prosciutto, that means that he has been killing for over two years because it takes almost two years to fully cure prosciutto. I mean, I assumed he'd been doing it a lot longer than that because he's got this shit Probably. down to a science. Probably. <laughs> I thought his kids were going to be veal. 
<laughs> so we cut to the prison house. He goes down into the meat locker. And this is where there's body parts and a full torso. Yeah. And he picks a cut of meat and dumb waiters it up. And this is where I, this made me laugh, too. And I you should. You shouldn't because it's terrible, but he's got a torso and he makes human ribs in the backyard with a chainsaw. Yeah, <laughs> with a chainsaw. Mikey, did you laugh at all during this movie? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. The the chainsaw and the ribs was making me laugh. Did you not? No, not at all. I laughed less than Paige. I, I mean, Paige was still like, he looks really hot cutting that torso up. Ooh, look at him out there chainsawing his feelings through that human rib. She's like, he can on my ribs. <laughs> Paige had some weird, weird group text going on when she was watching it. I was like, oh I my loved God. this movie. I was just trying to get you to watch it. But I, I also this falls closer to dark comedy than horror for me. And I think in part because of the ending, if it had ended, if it had not ended the way it did, it would definitely be horror for me. But with that kind of triumphant ending, it felt kind of the same way that like, you know how there are parts of Inglorious Bastards or Django Unchained that are funny, like even in a serious movie, kind of like that. Anyway, so he takes those ribs and basically grinds up short ribs to make like short rib meatballs is what he's doing. But he brings her up for dinner and he says, I'm not going to drug you again. And he is kind of preparing the like meatballs and pasta for her. And she's scoping out the door and the window exit options. And as he's doing it, she's asking, when did he first try it? He says, I was 18 or 19. And it wasn't an overnight thing. It was kind of horrifying, but I couldn't tell anybody or share anybody with it. And then I found this community. And now this is like my thing. And it's about giving yourself over to somebody, basically being fully consumed by someone, becoming one with someone else forever. And that's a beautiful thing, which is a terrifying way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Super scary. Yeah, it is. But he also re- reveals to her that literally it's so expensive because no one else can get it like that's why he does it it's furnishing this entire crazy house and everything and he reveals that the meatball dish that he just cooked her is basically 30 grand yeah for just that and it would have been more if she was still alive so we now find out that this is a a dead person previously named hope yeah which they have a good laugh about yeah uh, there is a montage of rich people eating the meat. So we kind of see the different ways that they're preparing it. But Noah tastes it and it does do this kind of zoom into like, it's almost like she's tasting the experience, not just the meat. Because we do see the rich people. We see him like carving up the meat. We get kind of like a mini montage. And she says it's indescribable. And then we cut back to the prison room where he lets her back in and she th- thanks him before he leaves yeah she plays him so perfectly like yes i was so happy for her because i mean he is a very smart very conniving very like and she beats him yes yeah and she knows exactly how to play it to get the advantage that she needs to get out of there alive yeah i I was so happy for her (laughs) so he leaves uh but as he's leaving he says you know how i knew you were special you're fucked up too because he again he has gaslit himself into thinking she is also into it yeah so he closes her door and this is where he closes the door smiling and then his face just changes as he walks to molly's room and he carries molly to the operating room and noah doesn't notice because she's busy barfing yeah she's throwing up yeah Right. Because she's not really a cannibal. Right. And he doesn't notice that she's throwing up in there because he's fully in work mode. Well, after you eat one meal, you're like kind of a cannibal. Well, she's throwing it up. I mean, 
She doesn't throw it up later. She's not by choice. Forced cannibalism. I understand what you're saying, and I don't think you're wrong, Mikey, but I think had she had a choice, she would not have eaten it. Right. But I think in the moment, I probably would have too. Oh, yeah. It's all part of the plan. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're already dead. You don't want to let the food go to waste. That's Well, that's not why I would go ahead and eat it. It's more about the manipulation of the person who's controlling my life at this point. But yeah. Yeah. But if there's like 40 meatballs, I mean, Melissa's not coming back from the meatballs. You might as well enjoy the meatballs. Yeah, I don't think I would enjoy the meatballs Mm. unless I was being forced under pain of death to enjoy the meatballs. Yeah, because this is going to sound terrible. That's not how I want to eat human meat. (laughs) (laughs) So if it wasn't a meated ball, you would be on board? No, that's not my objection. My objection is it was not ethically or consensually given. Exactly, Paige. Yeah, I'm an ethical, non-monogamous cannibal. So you only will eat meat that has been voluntarily given, and once you've eat, eaten that person's meat, you only eat that person's meat. No, because he's non-monogamous. Non- oh, non-monogamous. So he's gonna, that means right. I share the plate. It's a, it means right. he's going to stick his dick in a bunch of steaks. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, you have to leave Logan's Steakhouse. Sir, this is a Ruth's Chris. Um, <laughs> anyway... It's plant-based. It's not. So Penny calls to her and is like, hey, I think that didn't sound like Melissa. I think it's somebody new. So we also now know that Melissa's probably gone. What? If you were in prison next to Penny, would you like start off by saying, hey, Penny, Penny for, for your, your thoughts? thoughts. <laughs> yeah. No. Penny for your other leg? No, because I hate when people are like, oh, turn the page. It drives me crazy. And so I don't like to do it to other people. All right. I mean, Mikey, you've just been high-roaded, so, like, just live in that for a moment. uh, I've never made a page pun, but now I'm like, it's activated something in me. I mean, like, (laughs) and it's it's a roast battle thing that people do, too, where they're like, page, more like chapter. And I'm like, that's not original. Uh, 14 people have told that joke. That's not what I would go with. I would go with, first off, I don't make fun of people's looks. I think it's beneath me. Mikey, all you do is make fun of my feet. Yeah. Todd. Feet are beneath you, though. (laughs) Yeah, they're literally beneath. You. <laughs> you know what? Noted. That's fair. My mistake. Continue. I only make fun of you because you continue to insist that they are attractive feet. No, I don't think they're attractive feet. I think they're fine. They're not. <laughs> you know what? I never posted that photo in the Horror Virgin group of our feet together, and I think we should. <laughs> Would you eat my feet, though, Mikey, if I gave them to you to eat? No. Well, then I'll have to think of something else for Christmas. I'm not going to eat a cow that looks like it's got, like, mad cow disease or whatever. <laughs> you won't eat my hooves? I'm not going to eat a diseased meat or whatever. You got to cut that part off, like the loaf of bread that's got the mold on it. But what if that cow is mad for a good reason? <laughs> like, you won't stop making fun of his hooves yeah like like about trickle down economics or something (laughs) so mad i'm so mad (laughs) anyway so penny alerts noah to the idea that maybe melissa's already gone and there's somebody new we cut to molly on the operating table do we ever find out what he cut off of molly it's her breast i thought so and he makes noah eat it they eat it later yeah fuck that's what i thought okay all right yeah hate that Uh, all right now 
Paul can't get her location anymore, but he did screenshot it. And we cut to Noah's room where she and Penny are talking. And Penny's like, sometimes I wonder if you're real or just an imaginary friend, but I'm glad that we had the chance to talk. And Noah says, I wish I could see you. And the camera comes up and over the wall and we see Penny on the other side, missing both an arm and a leg. We cut back to Noah's room where Steve comes to give her a dress and invite her on another date. Now, what I do find very funny is the new clothes he gave her. It's a Reiki healing shirt. Like just the idea of like he's a doctor cutting people's limbs off and he gave her a Reiki healing shirt. It's the most offensive part of this movie. (laughs) Sorry. Just like I feel like that had to be tongue in cheek. Maybe not. I don't know. Do you mean the clothes she's wearing when he brings in the dress for her to wear later? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I assumed those were her clothes. They might have been. We don't for sure know. He brings them in in a in a bag. Yeah. So we don't know if he picked them or if they were hers. Yeah. Either way, to me, it was kind of funny that she has on a Reiki healing shirt. No, I mean, it is funny, but like I just assumed they were hers. They might be. But either way, the joke is still funny. Yes. I don't love this dress. I don't love it either. It just doesn't show off her ass enough. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mikey, I have bad news for you. Those cheeks can no longer clap. (laughs) I have have heard from some people online where they feel like the dress is meant to infantilize her. And I think that's very valid. That probably I'd buy that to it. It's a terrible dress, though. I also think they had to do a dress that was looser about since the ass thing happened. Yeah, I I think that's part of it. I also think that it reminds me of the pretty in pink dress, uh, which I also don't love as a dress. So like it's been a while since I've seen that. I don't love the dress. Um. Um, But he invites her to dinner again that night and he says, I'll pick you up at seven. And she says, I have no idea what time it is. And he just says, I know. And then leaves. so, (laughs) So he leaves her makeup by the mirror so she can freshen up. We get a montage of him laying clothes out, taking off his wedding ring, getting texts from Anne and then putting the phone away in that box yeah yeah it's like a full-blown date we see her getting ready she practices smiling to try and make it look real which is that was so creepy man like yeah she does such a great job in this movie i mean i think sebastian stan probably has the harder job but she's also amazing in this movie yeah yeah like watch normal people you'll see truly how amazing she is oh i'm sure yeah that's showing me sob multiple times no joke, Mikey. I cried harder in that movie than I have in any movie in the past three years. And it's a miniseries. It's not a movie, but still, like, it's so heartbreaking. If you have a fresh breakup, don't, don't oh. So he comes to pick her up and it is fully, he's treating it like a date, except that she is handcuffed. So he's like walking her around in handcuffs, unlocking and locking her to the table. Listen, I don't judge if people want to use handcuffs consensually on a date. Consensual this handcuffs. This is clearly not consensual. Bar. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So he serves her a multi-course people meal. And his whole thing is like, nobody's ever really cooked for you because you haven't had family and everyone should. It's like a way to show love to people, but he's also serving her people. Like it's like human pate and then breast meat. And this is clearly Molly's breast meat. And it is according to her all delicious because he does. He is clearly a good cook, like from what we see, but also you also can't take her word for it. She's going to say whatever she needs to say to get his dick in her mouth so she can bite it off. Exactly. Or she calls it dessert. (laughs) Well, and we don't know if she bites it off or if she just bites him on the vein because it does still appear to be there. Like, 
let me just put it to you this way. I've seen a horror movie where someone bites a dick off and you see that dick hit the floor. And in this one, it's still unclear. I think in reality, it would be very hard to bite a dick off because it's all. uh... Let's put it this way. In the movie I saw, she did it with the South Mouth. So you're talking about teeth. Yeah. Still haven't seen that. I've dodged that bullet for 212 episodes or whatever. It's all it's mostly like cartilage, right? So I mean that's, it'd be it's, very she you'd have to it take more than one bite is what I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I I thought that she she definitely bites in there. I think she gets him on one of the big veins cuz he bleeds a lot. Yeah. So Well, all the blood's there. Anyway, uh at the dinner table he realizes that he forgot to cuff her. Um but she doesn't run away. She invites him to dance. Yeah. And they do, much like that very that second date earlier. Um, and intercut with their dancing is him and her going to the bedroom, yeah. her excusing herself to go to the bathroom, where we'll find out that she gets toothpaste. Yeah. because uh, she's smart. Yeah, because she is a genius. I love this so much. Yeah. Because he has like bought it hook, line, and sinker that she is like into him. They're gonna be like a couple that live in this house, and she yep. just like in my head headcanon she bites that dick off and i could not have been happier for her well and it's intercut with them dancing yeah so it's very much this like his view versus reality yeah but like she's been doing a dance for like three days this whole time yeah, yeah, yeah. and i really like that like as it all comes to a head pun intended like yeah they're dancing intercut with her biting his dick off well and also shot for shot it mirrors the first sex scene yeah except it's upside down yeah so like she goes to the bathroom she comes back out and it does shoot for his reaction but from behind and over his head and then moves to just his face as she kisses down the same way he did on the date and then we see his reaction as she bites him yeah and he just screams directly into the camera it is the craziest shot well and his eyes are like wide open because he's screaming in like horrific pain i'm sure like oh yeah yeah john bobbitt levels of pain and uh-huh. like she just smears toothpaste in his wide open eyes which yes. would burn so bad i was and, so which makes happy him scream for her more. Like, yes. yeah yeah it, it's so great like the comeuppance that he gets is like chef's so kiss well so good it's yeah. pretty great yeah so and she like takes that opportunity locks him in that room runs to the other girls gets them out and they kind of are trying to make their way up and out through the house but they only bought enough time to kind of get out of their rooms. He does yeah. kind of encounter them in the kitchen and they beat the shit out of Dude, him. I love how they like attack him because uh, Penny goes up in the dumbwaiter because she can fit. Oh, yeah. And then she, as the dumbwaiter opens, she kicks him with her good leg. Yes. And then uh, Molly comes around the corner and like tackles him. And there's like a legit like three minute fight scene just in the kitchen. They're like hitting him with oh, yeah. the meat tenderizer. They stab him with a knife Fuck. at one point. Yo, like When Penny yeah. stabs him in the leg with a knife, I was like, oh, because I was so the, like the meat ugh. the meat tenderizer was my favorite because that is just like poetic fucking justice yes and when he's chasing them with a gun in the yard like his face is swollen like he's got meat his tenderizer knobs on him it's crazy yes. yeah well in in the midst of this Paul shows up and hears the screaming and abandons them. Well, and he hears the, the gunshots. Gun yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah, he yeah. heard the screaming so much as the gunshot. And I, I was a little mad he left, but like I sort of get it. Like yeah. I'm not going to hang around with guns if you're not sure that's where your friends I are. I think it was pretty subversive yeah. to normal horror movies, which I enjoyed. I hated that he did not even call the police or anything. Yeah, I mean I get it, but I mean he's just like I've seen this movie, I die, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, yeah. I like understood <laughs> yeah. that reasoning though. So, but they also don't need him, which I also. 
liked. Yeah, of course. They get into the yard and it's dark and kind of foggy and they're having to wrestle with like Penny is obviously injured. Molly is injured. Noah is still probably the the most healed of the three, but even she is not at full capacity. Like, you know, they're all struggling and there's no phone service. So they're trying to like find it. And meanwhile, he's running through the yard screaming yeah. for her. And the turn at this point in the movie where finally the visual matches how evil he is, yeah. where yeah. it's like now, now he is just terrified. Like he is a monster at this. Like he always has been, but like he looks like the monster. He always has been. Yes, absolutely. Paige. Yeah. Which is like me after COVID. <laughs> They're running and it's I believe it's her phone goes off and he sees it and runs towards it. Yeah. Um, but she does manage to wrestle the gun from him and shoots him in the forehead. Not until she says, give me a smile. Yeah. And he does. He and does she smile. Shoots him in the fucking eye socket. Yeah. Just like, like oh, I loved it. It was so great. And at first you're just like, fuck yes like this but as that's happening you know that Anne and the other business guy have showed up yeah and it's unclear i would say at this point in the movie if we can trust them because we're kind of debating is Anne in on it truly or was it self-survival can we trust her is she gonna turn what's gonna happen the only one who really knows is molly because molly was the one who saw who like got knocked out by her yeah so noah and penny she's like calling out for them Molly is like, that's the bitch who helped kidnap me. And Molly is the one who gets to basically beat her to death. As she says, women like you are the problem. <laughs> and it's just like brutal. Oh, and then she yeah. decapitates her with a shovel, correct? Not all the way off, but it is pretty Mostly. much. Yeah, like because <laughs> yeah. she's not hitting her with the, you would call the blade edge of the shovel, I guess. She's hitting her with a flat part. So she's like yeah, crushing yeah, yeah. her face. Well, I don't, we don't really see what happens on the ground there, but she, she does some follow-up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It does look like she decapitates her at the end. Yeah, it's um, bonkers. We do see the other guy put Sebastian Stan's body on ice. Yeah. But other than that, we don't really get a follow up to any of that happening. The girls do get away, or at least we assume they get away. Yeah. We don't fully see them escape. But as they're getting away, Noah gets to text on her phone that just says, you up? Question mark. And, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. Did you see who the text was from? Oh, Chad. crap. It was Chad. from Chad, yeah, right. who was the guy she went on the first date with. Oh, uh, shit. I did not make that connection. I, even I, either. I just saw the name and I went to IMDb and looked at him. Uh, I don't think they ever say his name in that first scene. But yeah, I thought that was really funny. After after Molly kills the, the wife and then like tells... Noah that he was married and her like surprise oh and yeah but that was oh so yeah I funny. can't believe he was married and you're like that's the part that like, <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty great so having seen the movie fresh having talked about the movie fresh what did you guys think about the movie fresh super enjoyed it I I yeah I really really liked it yeah, I mean, I'll never watch this movie again. It was a very uneasy feeling the whole time throughout this movie. But even I can admit, even though I didn't love watching it, it's a great, great movie. Like, it's very yeah. well done. I, I really liked the way that it's shot, but also the way that some of the parts of the stories are story is framed. I really enjoyed this movie. I will definitely watch it again. Yeah, um, sure. But Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? 
I do. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Some fresh fun fun facts. facts. As I mentioned, this was made by Disney. It was originally made for Disney Plus. It was like their first R-rated movie, and there was a whole bunch of hoopla around it. This is part of why Disney Plus had to launch that thing where you have an adult profile and a kid profile. Yeah, you had to put in your password. Because of this movie. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Now, part of the confusion is... I actually found reviews of this movie by people who I guess did no research around it and just watched it. And one of the, one of the reviews was like, not a comedy because this was originally listed as a dark comedy. Uh, not a comedy and definitely don't take your kids to this. And I was like, who would take children to this movie? But they gave it one star because they're like, it's not kid friendly. I can't believe Disney did this. <laughs> like, I have to assume that someone that had only seen Sebastian Stan's Marvel work and was like, yeah. Yeah, it's Winter Soldier and hasn't seen his like every other movie work. (laughs) So Mimi Cave, who directed this movie, this is her first feature directorial debut. Previously, she directed a lot of music videos and a few other things. But for a first movie, holy shit, she does an amazing job. This movie is directed so well. Yeah. So good. I wonder who the cinematographer was on this. Oh, I don't know. I could find out. Because they also did a great job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lauren Kahn, who wrote this. So this is written by a woman, directed by a woman. Yeah. Uh, Lauren Kahn also kind of did some uh, punch up on the other guys and stepbrothers and a couple other things. So she's known for comedy. Yeah. And this is like one of her first, like, definitely her first foray into horror. Is it the guy? No. Sorry. So the guy who's the cinematographer on this is also the cinematographer for Hereditary and Midsummer. Yes. Uh, See, this is why I fucking love this so much. That makes so much sense, man. His name is Powell, and I'm probably going to butcher the last name. I'm so sorry. Pogorzelski? Pogorzelski. Yeah. I'm sure I butchered that, but I'm a huge fan of his work. Dude's amazing. And also, uh, Martin Pensa edited, and the editing in this is amazing, but Martin Pensa also edited Dallas Buyers Club and uh, a couple other things that are, like, really, really famous. Yeah. They, They had a good team. Yeah, dream team on this movie. It makes sense as to why it came out so good. Yeah. So uh, when Noah and Steve are having dinner about 75 minutes into the movie, and this is the the first dinner, not the second one, uh, the song playing in the background is a violin cover of the Radiohead song, Exit Music for a Film. The closing (laughs) lines in that song are, we hope that you choke, that you choke, repeated three times. And this immediately follows Penny's line of, I hope he fucking chokes. Yeah. So that was kind of a cool, like, insidery Easter egg. This movie is set in Portland, but none of it's filmed in Portland. But the way that they kind of like, you know, tip the audience off that it's Portland is the GPS screenshot that Paul takes of Molly's location is in the Portland area. It's actually in the Dells where Osho and Wild Wild Country takes place if you're a cult nerd. Wild Wild Country is a wild docuseries on Netflix, man. I mean, they they left out some dark stuff, but yeah. Um, The pin is set to a place called the Plumper Pumpkin Patch and Tree Farm (laughs) in the West Hills area. Now, it's unclear in the movie because we don't know their ages, but actor-wise, there's a 16-year age difference between the two. Uh, Daisy Edgar Jones is only 23, which she's an amazing actress for being that young. Yeah. And then Sebastian Stan's 39. And I think there was supposed to be a bit of an age difference in the characters, too. We just don't have, like, a specific age on it. But the whole, like, him being a doctor, like, I think that all kind of plays into it. I mean, he's a post-residency doctor. So residencies can vary between, like, four and seven, sometimes eight years. But still, like, that's, he would be 31, 32 before he was even a practicing doctor. 
Yeah. So I, I sort of understood the age difference, although he does not look 39. So no, he looks great for 39. I assumed he was like early 30s, you know? Yeah. Uh, now, there's a French song playing while Noah and Steve are on the way to his house. And the translation of the phrase that is in the song is while waiting for the end of the end of the world, you want to believe that the story ends up all right, which is some like get out does stuff like this too but i love that it's happening in this movie also um and then also the note that he doesn't eat animals now backstory so steve doesn't have a backstory in the movie because it's really not his movie it's noah's movie but uh sebastian stan made up a backstory about how the basically the first time he tried meat we don't know all the details for it but what we do know is that based on his backstory he asked the makeup department to give him a scar basically implying that that came into play at some point in his backstory and it's only visible in one part of the movie at the very end when his shirt is open and she's kind of about to bite him yeah and it's something that i after finding it for fun facts i watched for it on the second watch and it is clearly visible you can actually see it but it's like right above his belly button okay so if you're curious he asked them to put that there it was there the entire production even though it's unseen um he wanted it there as like a personal like character method acting reminder cool so there's that and then if you want to watch the audition tape go for it i think we should watch it when we're done and then put it up on patreon okay yeah uh so let's talk some box office yes this is going to be real short yeah because this did not get a theatrical release right. even though it should have so what do you think the budget for fresh was um i think this is like invisible man where it's probably cheaper than you think okay uh so i'm gonna put this at 10 million all right mikey do you have a guess i say five okay it was actually i didn't get a firm figure between 15 and 20 million dollars is what I saw everywhere online. Gotcha. It looks good for that amount of money. It really like, does. It really does. And Daisy Edgar Jones just coming off normal people. So she's probably not cheap. Sebastian Stan's definitely not cheap. Definitely not. Yeah. And they've got like world class cinematographers on this shit. So like they spent that money in the right places. They did. And honestly, I think it paid off. I have no idea how much it made because, you know, it went right to Streaming. Hulu or Disney Plus, depending upon where you live, I guess. So, yeah. But that's your box office. So, Mikey, do you want to hit us with that scary scale? Yeah, listeners, our scary scale is a scale of 1 to 10 of how scary we found the film we watched it this time. Our one example is Ghostbusters, and our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Paige? Uh, this is a one for me, I would say. Todd? I'm going to give it a three. Not super scary, but it was tense almost the entire time. Oh, I'm going to give it a one. That checks out. There are no jump scares, and that's usually what gets me, but it was pretty oppressively tense. All right. Well, that's our scary scale. Yeah. So this week, you guys made us watch Fresh. What are y'all making us watch next week? Seven. Okay. It's Serial Killer Month. All right. So your homework for next week is to truly find out. Spoilers. Seven, eight, nine. Oh, my God. That is very on theme for Fresh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, No, I mean, listen, I get the joke. So your homework for next week is to get wine drunk and find out what's in the box while watching Seven. Except for nowadays, the box would have been taken off your front porch by a porch pirate. <laughs> so, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? No. Well, while you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review read on the podcast. And that is simply to leave us a five-star text review, and we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? I'm going to read Hojor1. Well, what does Hojor1 have to say? The show is gold, all caps, exclamation point, exclamation oh. point. Why, thank you. This show is absolutely amazing. 
I love how all the inside jokes from the Remains of the Pod make their way in and vice versa. It's because usually we have no idea what we're recording. (laughs) (laughs) The chemistry is genuine and I look forward to every episode. I always listen when I'm walking my dog so my neighbors must think I'm crazy with how often I'm laughing out loud. Keep up the great work and I would highly recommend reviewing The Void. Oh, I did like The Void. I watched that movie. I remember you talking about it like a year ago. It was during COVID I watched it, I think. Okay. Well, thank you so much for that very kind five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your review, leave us a five-star review. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social Please do We are at Horror Virgin Or online at HorrorVirgin.com If you want to follow us All individually You can do that as well Paige is at Paige Wesley On Twitter Or Rampage Wesley Everywhere else Including TikTok Mikey is at M Randolph 24 And I am at Todd J Awesome If you like the show so much And you want to help Financially support it Please do by going to Patreon.com Slash Horror Virgin Where you can get A lot of great levels And a lot of great stuff Like bonus episodes Director's cut episodes Where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the regular mm-hmm. feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you want to financially support me, but not Todd, just look me up on Venmo. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. Literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode was brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Nick B, fun fact. Oh, yeah? He's tasted human meat. I yes! Knew I knew it, Nick B. <laughs> This episode also brought to you by Tia, and Tia's teenager is driving her crazy this week. So how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week? She ordered human meat online from the dark web. (laughs) With her mom's credit card. That's Uh like 50 grand. People meet is very expensive. It's the most dangerous and expensive game. Mm-hmm. This episode also brought to you by the number Jeff, and Jeff wants you to check out his podcast, Kissing Jessica Jones, where each week they break down an episode of the Jessica Jones Netflix TV show or Agent Carter, or they've recently moved on to WandaVision. So if you want to check out a recap show on any of those shows, check out Kissing Jessica Jones. So Jonathan did send me a new video for us to watch. Are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. You guys are gonna. I hate it. This one's called Scary Stories Tell in the Dark, Spider Zit Scene. Oh. We've watched this movie. Yeah, you guys did the movie. You and I did. Paige, I don't know if you've seen this. I've seen this. I hate this so much, though. It's gross. This really grossed me out. Ugh. Call Dr. Sandra Lee. Is she the pill? Uh, uh, uh. Oh, my God. Do you say she's got good teeth? She has spiders coming out of a zit on her face, and you're like, would hit. 
Yeah, he doesn't discriminate against people with spider face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this is the part where he sticks the little leg. Ah, I hate it. That leg would fall off, by the way. Like, if she, ooh, oh, if she pulled it. it oh, would... my God. Oh, my God. It looks too fake. They could have done better. Yeah. Oh, my God. Don't scream. They'll go in your mouth. Oh, I hate everything about that. All right. Or do scream, ladies. <laughs> Mikey, I it might be a while before I consider letting someone do that for me again after this movie. Oh, Papa Pimple? No. <laughs> what? I don't want someone to bite my dick off. Oh. Oh. You say that, but like, I would totally be like, I don't want. All right. Yeah, that's the same. <laughs> Honestly, same. It's worth the risk. So, Jonathan, thank you so much for the support. Not so much for the spooky spider videos. This episode also brought to you by Mr. Rage Bomb. And Mr. Rage Bomb wants you to know that he makes all the horror virgin memes. So all the crazy shit we say, he boils down into memes and then posts them on Twitter at THV memes. So check out that account. And thank you so much for uh, the support and making the memes. It's They're great. We now return you to another episode of uh, the, the Patreonicals. <sighs> All right. So Scott and Wes make it to this arch uh, toward Atlantis. And Allie, she's a new character. Oh, yeah? She's a mermaid. Ooh. Okay. A mermaiden. Yeah, mermaiden. She says, yo, what up? And there, he's like, I made a stone and there's a ghost in my shoulder. What the fuck? Can, we, can you help us? <laughs> she's like, listen, I just swim here. I don't know how to fix that. And she's like, yeah, that, follow me. We're going to go off to the kingdom of Atlantis. All right. I'll show you where it is. We'll just follow this road. They have real advanced health care in Atlantis. Yeah. She's like, you look rock hard. <laughs> oh, okay. Because he's made of stone. Is he also delivering a pizza? What is this? Uh, so did you order <laughs> extra sausage on this? Uh... <laughs> Are they step siblings? <laughs> oh, no, they're no. not step siblings. But he yet. and the ghost in his shoulder are step siblings. But their parents oh. are going to get married in 42 episodes of the Patriarchals. I'm going to count down every episode to that <laughs> wedding. I'm going to make going to make sure it happens because there's no way you're going to forget you said that once. Okay. I mean, I for totally forgot what happened last time, so I'm going to make up what I think is happening now. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. <laughs> Most Evil Matthew has Isaac tied up and kidnapped oh. along with Dave and Karun because they were fighting. Right. And Most Evil Matthew, he cuts off Dave's dick and he eats it. Wow. Okay. All right. He says, mm, so good. And Dave dies slowly and painfully, bleeding out through his, his dick, dick. <laughs> or where his dick used to be, I should say. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Karun uh, is working on cutting his rope. They're in the giant submarine headed towards Atlantis to stop Scott. Joey, Nathan, and Sneaky Snake are all playing cards because they don't have a lot to do in this episode, <laughs> and they're enjoying themselves. And Dresgold comes in. And he's like, "Hey." I know you guys are like my number one hench people right now. And like, I just want you to know that we have an army of robots that you guys never take with you to fight. And like, I spent a lot of money on it. And it's like really disappointing me that you're not taking it. And then uh, <laughs> most people, Matthew comes in. He's like, hey, you guys want to try some of this dick that I've been eating? Wow. Hey, you guys ever like, had tube steak? <laughs> it's pretty raw, they're like, but delish. They're like, no, thanks. <laughs> Captain Bruder is also tied up. And he's like, I thought it was brother. Brother, 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 Captain Brother. Just remember Captain Brother. Captain Brother. Yeah. Captain Brothers, they've tied him up and they've tied his parrot up. And <laughs> those people, Matthew's like, I'm going to eat your parrot next. <laughs> Just like I ate that dick. <laughs> Brother's like, what the fuck? <laughs> 
<laughs> Mikey is cracking himself up, Paige. I know. I'm sleepy with sillies. I got the silly. It is pretty late for us. It's 11 o'clock already. Okay. Um, since they captured everyone on that pirate ship, uh, Kaylee is tied up as well. And most evil Matthew is like, come on, baby. Don't you want to get back with me? I didn't mean any of all that stuff. And she's like, you got dick blood all over you. And I hope I never see you again. <laughs> How did she know it was dick blood? Um, It's me, Detective Dick Blood. <laughs> <laughs> First name Dick, last, last name, name Blood. blood. <laughs> well, Danielle and Aaron were like, that looks like dick blood. <laughs> We know that from the our mun stuff. Yes. And they're like, don't get back with him. We've, we've made a pact. No more dick blood. Yeah. Nice guys are in. Nice guys are in. Speaking of nice guys, back on the nice guy ship. You mean Shining Donut ship? Shining Donut. Yeah. Who is just the floor of the ship and his head now wears a little helmet so he can breathe in the water. Yeah, because it's now a submarine. Yeah, he's yeah. a submarine now. Yeah. Uh, Captain Kate, she's declared herself captain and she's like, where's Atlantis? And Amy's like, I'm an astronaut, not an <laughs> underwater astronaut. <laughs> I'm an astronaut, not an underwater knot. Yeah, and Jennifer with a PH is now on this submarine. She's like, my best friend's been kidnapped by her ex-boyfriend who's abusive and terrible, most evil Matthew. And everybody's like, yeah, we know him. He's a total dick. We've heard he's the most evil. He's the most evil evil but our friends scott and wes are we gotta go get them and get them too so they figured out where they're all headed towards this big castle where this road is heading on the bottom of the marianas trench and everybody's headed towards that they just scott and the mermaid uh alley go through the gate and captain kate's submarine is close behind them to try to like help them or rescue them or whatever and that's what happens this week all right well i guess we'll have to wait till next week to find out what happens in atlantis on another episode of uh, the, the patrionicals that's gonna be it for us you guys i'm Paige. i'm my and i'm your horror virgin todd keep it oogie spooky yeah have a great week bye, bye. sebastian stan stands yes though <laughs> Paige, your spit face lit list. Up. oh absolutely i know he was on noah's spit list spit out that dick tip list <laughs> oh that poor dick tip. see you next week bye <laughs> <laughs>